Blog Talk Radio. With those first cow sounds, what they mouth is DJ my name is Everett Sands. I'm the friends. I'm the friends. I'm the friends. My name is Everett Sands. I'm the friends. I'm the friends. My name is Everett Sands. I'm the president and founder of the West Foundation. West, 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 West Foundation. West, Foundation. West. What is West? West, 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 West. What does West stand for, you might ask? West, West, West stands for working people's success. Well, we want to working people's success. Working people's success. Well, we want we want to do is we want to impart on these young people that we have opportunity to, uh, to coach, coach, coach that you got to work every day. Gotta work every day to be successful. You can't take any days. You can't take any days off. Even when you don't feel like getting it done, you gotta get out there and do it. Hey, how's everybody doing? This is Everett Sands with the with the uh, West Foundation Sports Talk Show. Welcome. It is February the second. It is Black History Month. Um, it's a, a another Tuesday, another opportunity for us to bring some good word uh, to our young people to help them get a vision of success. We got another great show lined up for you, and as always, I like to start off just talking a little bit about the West Foundation um, for those that have not heard of it. We started the West Foundation about five years ago, and it started off as a free football camp. And the thought process was we wanted to get kids out, let's get them some fundamental football drills, I want to get them running around. But more importantly, we wanted to give those kids an opportunity to see some guys that they might have seen on TV, not just guys that they might have seen on TV, guys that have had success in their careers outside of their sports. So what we do is we actually have guys that played for me at my different stops um, while I was coaching, and a few guys that played with me. They're the coaches. So guys from the Citadel, guys from University of South Carolina, North Carolina State, Ohio University, um, Elon College, they're working to get a couple guys from Texas and guys from Coastal Carolina. They're the coaches. So they get an opportunity to run around with the kids and believe me, the coaches enjoy it just as much as the kids do. And it is a, it's really a great day. And we went from that camp to evolving to having cheerleaders at it. And what we did is we got some girls that are from Conway High School that are cheering at other places, uh, some girls that I knew uh, when I was coaching the University of South Carolina, some girls from Coastal, once again, people from around the area to come and, and actually teach these girls some things about cheer, um, which is really good. And we've also started to evolve into doing other sports. So before COVID started, we had a basketball clinic that was scheduled. Uh, we plan to do something with soccer. We plan on doing something with baseball. 
Uh, we like to get to golf, tennis. Um, regardless of the sports, the key is that we want to give them a vision of success. And that's what we want to help these kids do is be successful. Because we believe that you can be successful without being a professional athlete. We want these kids to chase their dreams. I think it's extremely important that they chase their dreams because there's so much that can be learned from chasing your dreams, um, from the work ethic standpoint, from the teamwork standpoint. I mean, we can go on and on. So there's a lot to learn from chasing your dreams. But here's another truth. Eventually, that sport's going to end. Sometime is going to end, um, whether it's when you finish high school, whether it's when you finish college, whether you get opportunity to play a couple years in the league, whether you get a long career in the league, say it was 10, 12 years, it's still going to end at some point. So what we want to do is give these young people some tools for success. So we have the camps, we have the clinics, and we also started doing some seminars, some life skill seminars. So we're going to talk about things that are extremely important, such as mental wellness. Uh, financial literacy is the one that we're definitely harping on a lot. Um, we're also going to talk about leadership. We're going to talk about character. We're going to talk about dealing with police officers. Uh, we're going to talk about really we've got to wait till we can get back in front of them to do the etiquette. But there's so many different things that we want to do to help kids have an opportunity to be successful. So when that opportunity comes, they know what success looks like. And that's what we're trying to do. The, I always like going with the word of the day, uh, or thought of the day. And my thought today is out-prepare or out-work. In the coaching profession, I think there's a lot of guys that have the mindset, I'm going to outwork everybody else. But there's a lot of times when you can be doing something but accomplishing nothing. So to me, I think the key is that I'm going to out-prepare you. I'm going to make sure I'm efficient with my time. I'm going to make sure that I'm just not doing stuff to be doing it. There's a reason for it, and we're going to be able to see something from it. You know, there was a time uh, when I was at the University of South Carolina and I was talking with Coach, Coach Spurrier because uh, we had an evening where we dedicated to families. So everybody that was associated with the program um, that worked there, their families were invited and, and Coach fed everybody. So one day I was like, Coach, I really appreciate this, you know, uh, the opportunity just to spend the time with the family before we went back and watched the film from practice earlier that day. And Coach said something that, that I'll never forget, and, and I think it, it definitely helped shape me as a coach. He said, Everett, always remember this. I don't want to outwork anybody, but I want to outprepare everybody. And that's key. Too many times we're thinking I want to outwork, but let's make sure we're just not working just to be busy. There's a lot of busy bodies that don't get anything accomplished. So let's make sure that I'm preparing. I'm being efficient with my time. So that guy that is just being busy, you're out preparing him. In essence, you're outworking him because you're more efficient than he is. So just don't do the busy work. Let's make sure we're very efficient. Tonight, 
Uh, I have a good friend of mine that uh, is going to be my co-host. Uh, I actually had the opportunity to coach his son, and, and I recruited his school for a number of years as well. Uh, but Mr. Tony Creasy, Tony, how's everything going? Oh, fine, Coach Sands, fine. Everything's great. Uh, I am so pleased to uh, to be here with you today. Uh, uh, I want everybody to know how much I think of you. And uh, it's just uh, a pleasure, just a pleasure to have a great man like you and to be able to, to, to talk football and, and talk life skills with a guy like you. We appreciate it, man. We appreciate it. But tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us where you've been, what you've been doing. Uh, we know you are, you are a coach, but tell us a little bit about your career path. Okay. Um, thanks for asking. Uh, this is Black History Month. I'm a HBCU grad. I went to Elizabeth City State University, a uh, small school in eastern North Carolina. I'm actually from eastern North Carolina, a little town called Edenton. And uh, uh as I grew up in that small town, um, probably a lot of your listeners probably know about little small towns like that. That only thing that happens on Friday night, we had about 2,000 people in the town, and everybody went to play, went to the football game. And uh, fortunate mm-hmm. enough to get that scholarship, and I went there. And and like every other person that goes to play football, I don't care if you play. Uh, Living City has happens to be a Division two school. And I don't care if you play at NIA, you're thinking you're going to the NFL. So my dream was to go to the NFL. Well, uh, little did I know at that time, I just uh, had a whole lot of dudes trying to do that same old thing. So I ended up uh, finishing school, getting my degree. I had my degrees in criminal justice. And uh Football is, and I'm go- and my mom's going, what do I do now? Oh, my God, football's over with. Oh, my God, I, I-, I don't know what to do. Uh, and so the next thing that I always wanted to be was a soldier. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go in the-, in the Army. And I went in the Army and uh, I became an uh, officer with the OCS, became an officer uh, with-, with combat, um, got an injury in combat, left there. And uh, got a uh, situation what happened. I moved to Durham, North Carolina, and got uh, uh, with the Federal Bureau of Prisons. And I was federal law enforcement for 20 years there. And uh, that was a great career. Uh, um, end up with that, that retirement. And uh, then I started coaching football at the time. Uh, I was coaching Pop Warner football. Loving every bit of it, coaching little little minds, getting little guys, and and getting them going. Uh, the funny part about it, I would never coach my own son. Um, right. And the guy asked me, said, "Why? Why won't you coach your own son?" And I said, "Cause I love him too much." <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I didn't I didn't want our relationship to to be a, a of that type at the time. So I wanted to watch and let him let him uh, track his own way per se. Uh, well, then they decided, uh, hey, uh, let's, uh, middle school coach saw us play, and he said, hey, why don't you come coach uh, this middle school team? We're 0-30. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God, 0-30. So I go there and coach the middle school team here in Durham, and and uh, we had some great success, uh, won a couple championships, and so the high school coach 
Matter of fact, my son Finn said, hey, why don't you come coach for, with us? And I said to him, I said, coach, I got to tell you, I can't coach my son. I, I've always said I wouldn't do it. He said, I tell you what, right. be the JV head coach. And um, so I said, okay. So I did that, that uh, for a while. And then when TC graduated, my son graduated mm-hmm. and went to NC State, um, I got uh, promoted to offensive coordinator of varsity. And at that particular time, we hadn't, we've been very close to winning state championships at Southern Durham High School. Very close to winning. And um, a couple of things off. And one of the things that was off is something that Coach Sands said, that you said, Coach, that was so just, uh, you know, just so right. Just so right there at it. We were hard working, hard work, but we did prepare correctly. Until we got that fixed, the preparation part fixed, you know, hours and hours of hard work and not preparing properly. Then we finally got prepared properly. When we finally got that run, we, we had Test Win State Championship. We want, now, I got to tell you, we want to say Championship with some really good athletes. I mean, we had a kid named Tim Hinton. Always, um, that always helps. Go ahead, Coach. Yeah. That always and helps. And Kendall, Ken, Kendall Hinton, a kid named Jordan Brown, and a few others that went to other schools. But those are the two main guys. Uh, and and, and uh, Jordan goes to Carolina, and Kendall goes to Wake Forest. And, and your, your listeners might know Kendall because he – was stuck at quarterback for Denver without a practice, without a practice. And uh, I said to myself, oh, my God, he hasn't practiced not one time, and they put him at quarterback this year. But I thought back to what the type of guy Kendall was. Another thing about winning, we had a lot of great athletes, but that class had the highest GPA of any class we'd ever coached. That has Kendall 3.5, Jordan 3.5, everybody's 3.5. And so that also says to the point of having great athletes is good. And don't get me wrong, you're not going to win as much without the great athlete. But having a great athlete that's really, really smart is a pretty Mm -hmm. doggone good thing to have. And so that's what we have with those guys. And so that's, uh, you know, goes on and on. Uh, we won a state championship, and, and uh, then two years later, in 2014-15, we won a state championship 13. Uh, 15, we played for it again. Quarterback gets hurt, and we lose to a, a pretty good team out of Shelby, North Carolina, uh, uh, that we down there by you guys, close to South Carolina line. We had beat them in 13. They came back and beat us in 15, and, and then a right. gentleman by the name of Anthony Barber asked me to mm-hmm. come over here at Jordan High School in North Carolina to coach with him. And I went over there, and and we that team hadn't won a conference championship since 2009. We went went into uh, conference championships and uh, with not nearly the, the caliber of athletes that we had at that I'd been used to coaching at Southern, but we had some really fine young men that really, really tried hard and really worked hard, and, and we got the most out of them. They, and the thing about it, they got the most out of themselves. 
And uh, and so I'm now back at Southern. But the last thing I want to say is there was a kid that came to me, and he wasn't the biggest kid, of course. He wanted to play college football. And he says to me, Coach, I want to play college football, but no one will give me the chance. And we talked right. for a while, and I, and I, and I said, I got to tell you the truth. Everybody looks for that certain guy, that certain athlete, that certain that certain got to have, and this is what they got to give to the hit, hit ball coach so you can get a scholarship. You can walk on. Uh, we got some walk-on opportunities. The coach, I really don't want to do that. I said to him, well, I got to tell you, a, a great team that you can go to that – because he didn't want to give up the team aspect of, of right. what he'd been through in his life. And I ain't saying this is for everybody. And I said, well, if you don't want to give up the team aspect of life, how about this? Here's an option for you. Join the military. The next greatest, the greatest team uh, that will help you find your way in life and find out what you can do and what you want to do. And that was in one man, that's a kid that went that route. And I'm not saying that's for everybody. I'm not saying that's everybody's route. But that's when Coach is talking about leading kids on life. And sometimes you give them an idea. And that kid comes back to me, and uh, he's now an he's now NCO. He's now a sergeant in the Marine Corps. And he comes back to me, and he said, Coach, that's the best, best decision I ever made. Thanks for that advice. Thanks for giving me that that guidance because, you know, he didn't know where he wanted to go, what direction to go. Mm-hmm. And and as coaches, we're tasked with mentoring young men. Exactly. I'm sorry for exactly. taking up this so much time, Coach, <laughs> but uh, anything good. else? Oh, good. Well, that is really good. So, you know, uh, again, I got an opportunity to, to meet Coach Creasy because I had an opportunity to coach his son, um, which was a, a really good player in his own right. And, and that was at North Carolina State, which Anthony Barber is a great player out of North Carolina State as well. And, uh, amen. So, yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Amen. I said amen yeah, because, yeah. hey, hey, and for your listeners, for the listeners, I, I would tell you that the thing that attracted me about Coach Sands well, they had they had uh, Mr. Pack Day. I don't know if Coach Sands remembers this at all. And they, what they would do is set their players up around the stadium, and we go there. Everybody does it. And the thing I remember, and I asked him about it today, was his son mm-hmm. running around. They were running around, part of their like they were part of the team. They were part of the family. And I said, what a great family man this guy is. Man, I'm glad this guy's coaching my kid. Because he understands family. And I asked Coach Sands before we started, I said, hey, how's your son doing? And Coach Sands says, well, you know, I got one in Vanderbilt. And I said, what, well, Vanderbilt? Well, Coach, that was two years ago, wasn't it? <laughs> hey, I'm smiling. My mom said, time waits on no man. Next thing you turn around and, golly, they're grown. But it was, you know, one of the things. Uh, about that, you know, one Coach O'Brien, of course, was a uh, retired Marine. So when we took pictures, he made everybody clean shave, even the coaches. So, 
My son is 11, and he had never seen me without a goatee or a mustache. So I, I cut my goatee up sometimes, but my mustache, he definitely never saw me. So I had to cut off my mustache and my goatee. You know, for me, my hair grows slow, so that was a big deal for me. He laughed. He was like, ah, dad, you look so funny. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so he well, still hasn't seen it since. So maybe I need to cut off again. Who knows? We'll see. We shall see. We shall see. But hey, it's uh, let's just talk a little bit what your thoughts are um, on the Super Bowl. Who do you have? Ah, Super Bowl. You got, that is a you got, that is that is an interesting uh, thing that you that you asked that coach because guess what? Today we had practice this morning and I put in speed options. And uh, and I thought about speed option, and I thought about my home running speed option. I don't know if your listeners remember or you remember him getting running speed option and getting hurt in in uh, that game when he hurt his neck. Uh, right. uh, uh, and the and the uh, and the other the backup comes in and you know takes it forward and they win the win the ball game. And um, mm-hmm. And a lot of people say, oh, my gosh, that's, that's why you don't run speed option in the NFL. And I went and looked at film, and I saw where Mahoney ran speed option a number of times this year and scored touchdowns. And I said to myself, you know, sometimes you can call a play, and we've all been there. You can call a play, oh, yeah. and, and everybody, the play works, and you, you're the smartest guy in, in the stadium. If play don't work, you're the dumbest guy in the stadium. <laughs> and uh, so, that being said, I am thinking that this ball game is a defensive line ball game. Where do I say that? I say Tampa Bay has probably one of the best D lines around yep. after Kansas City. But the back end <laughs> is where Kansas City is better. Back end. I don't know. And that's where the game is going to be won, I think. So my pick is Kansas City because of their back end on the D-line. Because both, uh, both offenses are pretty, pretty potent. I think uh, Kansas City may be a little bit better because they, they can run the ball better. And I always say run the, running the ball is how you really truly win. Uh, throwing the ball is pretty. Right. You know, what's our saying, Coach? Offense sells tickets and defense wins championships. <laughs> yep, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. We'll see. Yeah. Well, well, here's my take on it. First of all, just just to go with that comment you just made, uh, my old offensive coordinator we actually had on a couple of weeks ago, Greg Gregory, he said one time, he said, hey, the key to success in football, offensive football, is you got to be able to run the ball when you want to, and run the ball when you need to. And also <clears throat> be able to throw the ball when you want to and throw the ball when you need to. And if you can do that, then you're going to have a successful <clears throat> offense. I got to do it when Amen. I want. Hey, it, it's, it's doggone. It, it's it's four-minute football. I got to be able to run the ball. It's two-minute. It's a two-minute drill. I got to throw the ball and get down the field. Um, got to. That's the need. But I also got to do it just when I want to. 
Hey, now I'm not going to go oh. as far as uh, as as far as as the Falcons did, and it's third and one, and you up by two touchdowns, and I'm going to throw the ball because I want to. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I know for the quarter, I'm going to miss Tom Brady. I'm not going to do that. Uh, uh, but if I if it's second and one, and I want to throw the ball, throw the ball. Yeah. So want yeah. to. I got to do it when I need. Well, to. well, so well. That, that, now, now that you speak of that. Uh, a lot of people try to win football games pretty. I learned that, no, win the game. Win the game. That's what you got to do. It don't matter winning pretty. <laughs> what I mean by winning pretty is, you know, you throw the pretty pass and everybody's running, you know, hey, 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 throw the bomb. Hey, hey, hey. And it's going to be that game. Huh? We've all been a part of that game where, man, I tell you what, the other team's playing pretty doggone good, and this is tough. Let's win the game. <laughs> yep. well, it's it's kind of like uh, something that I sort of harp on with running backs is, you know, a lot of times I'm going to try to get in the end zone standing up. Dude, they don't care if you cross the ball, if you're at the bottom of the pile you cross the line, or you stand up and you cross the line. As long as you cross the line, you have a touchdown. So if it Amen. comes to it and you need to get in the end zone, do what you got to do to get in the end zone. The bottom Amen. line is you want to score. You got to break the front plane of that end zone line and you score a touchdown. There's no pretty ones. There's no ugly ones. There's just touchdowns. So find a way to get it. Amen. Find a way Amen. to get it. Amen. So, Amen. Amen. I, I definitely with you in that uh, Tampa Bay defensive line is really good. And really um, that championship game, um, I, I give them the MVP uh, because, you know, Aaron Rodgers, when he had time to throw, he still threw for 350 yards and three touchdowns. So he still got his. But the key was, especially at the time Brady threw those interceptions, he didn't have time to throw. And mm-hmm. all of them were mm-hmm. That was the mm-hmm. difference in the game. And uh, I, I, if, if they, I'm with you, Coach. Um, it would be different there. It would have been a different there. So, hey. I'm with but you, Coach, because hey, I, 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 I told our crew, I told our, our group today, uh, that, uh, hey, if you think about this, Tom Brady don't throw these three interceptions. They, that's a blowout win. You know, oh, yeah. and and that that defense won that game. That defense yeah. won that game. That's why. That's why. That's why the biggest thing that I've learned. Somebody asked me, "What's the biggest thing you've learned in your career, Coach, as an offensive mm-hmm. guy?" And I told him the biggest thing I've learned is I go to defensive meetings. I go to a clinic. Right. I go to I go mm-hmm. to offense, but I go to more oh, defensive yeah, meetings. Yep. Got to see how they're going to play. Yep. Got to see how they're going to stop <laughs> I, I, I got to know how they're going to stop us now. And that has been yep. the biggest advancement in my coaching career is understanding defenses better. That's been that's been the biggest jump in my career as, as far as my learning, not being arrogant, not being arrogant, not saying oh, I'm the smartest offensive guy in the world. They can't stop me no matter what. And humbling myself and going to see what defenses are doing. Yep. That's that's yep. been my Go career. 
We're going to take a quick break, um, and then we'll be back with our first guest in the future. Hold on one second. By stating I'm darkly packed I know this so I point at Q-tip And he states Black is black Mirror, mirror on the wall Shovel chestnuts in my path Just keep on the us So I don't get an aftermath But if I do I'll calmly punch them In the 4th day of July Cause they try to mess with third degree That's me, myself, and I Nah Do you have the answers? Uh, 
Hey, how's everybody doing? This is Everett Sands. Um, this is Everett Sands with the uh, West Foundation Sports Talk Show. We're back, and we have a real estate guru that's going to join us. Casey, how's everything going? It's going great, Everett. Thank you so much for having me. I love your show and what you're doing with the young people. It's just great. It's amazing. Hey, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And again, our goal is if we can help one, then, then we've definitely done our job. So one of the things that we're constantly talking about is financial literacy. And I think that's so important. Um, regardless of where you start from, um, regardless if you have an opportunity to play in the NFL or you stop playing after high school, financial literacy is something that everybody needs. And one of the things that I think is a, uh, should be a good part of everybody's portfolio is real estate. But before we get into that, tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. So uh, my name is Casey Franchini. I'm originally from Southern California. And uh, I went to high school, went to college and all that. And after, after college and I got my job, I, it wasn't really for me. And I decided I want a little bit more freedom for my time and that, you know, having a nine-to-five job wasn't always, wasn't always something I needed to have. Like, there's other ways. And so I became a real estate agent um, in my early 20s, and it was right before the first uh, market crash, the Great Recession, you know, in 2007, 8, 9. And I found my niche working with real estate investors. I was finding them really good deals on flips. Um, you know, fix and flips, and not so much rentals in California because that didn't make sense. So investors were buying flips up left and right. And I saw the power of investing and how these guys were making so much money, and they weren't they were still out on their boats or out you know at the park with their kids during the day. And I'm like, how do these guys make so much money, but they don't do any work? <laughs> so I started to understand the power of having money work for you instead of you working for money. And I started uh, investigating more of what investors do to make money. And we moved to Memphis, Tennessee in 2013. Um, my husband got a good job offer, so I had a two-year-old and a brand-new baby, a three-week-old and a cat, and we moved across the country. And I was looking around Memphis and seeing all this, these cheap housing, and I thought, wow, this is it. You know, I'm going to be able to buy one of these rental properties for so cheap and rent them out and make money that way so I can still stay at home. But the problem was we just bought our house and we didn't have any more extra money. So instead of, you know, letting it get me down and say, well, I don't have any money, I can't get a job, I have two little kids, I can't afford daycare, I said, you know what, there is something I can do about it. I'm not going to sit around and say there's not. So I started an Etsy shop around 2015. And I went to the Dollar Tree, you know, the dollar store, the 99-cent store, whatever, and I bought these little, you know, little stuffed animals um, for a dollar. And I put some vinyl names on them, you know, how you'll see people making homemade shirts and whatnot. And I made personalized stuffed bunnies, um, and I sold them for 5 to $7 on Facebook, locally around town, on Etsy. And after a couple years of doing that uh, during my kids' naps, at night, after my husband came home from work, and on the weekend, I had saved up about $20,000, and we put it down on our very first rental property. And so now, that property makes us over $400 a month after all expenses are paid, and I don't have to do hardly any work for that. I do manage my own properties, but it really requires little work. 
And it's just so powerful. I can stay at home. I don't have to have a job. And, you know, we don't have tons of properties, and you don't need tons of properties to make a difference in your life. And now I make a second income through rental properties, and I get to stay home and do whatever I want, (laughs) basically. So it's really amazing. And I try and tell everybody that I can that with just a little bit of hard work and saved money, they too can have that extra 400 a month. Nice. Nice. Now, you got started because you saved for a couple of years. Um, but right. For everybody, is, is that the best way to get started, just to save um, until you have enough for a down payment, or is there another good way to get started investing? There are a lot of ways you can invest in real estate, a lot of ways. And a lot of them require, I mean, different different things. One could require a lot of time. One could require a little bit of money. Um, The other ways you could invest in real estate is flipping, flipping houses. Um, Now you have to buy them all cash, and then you fix them up and you flip them for a higher profit. But when you flip, you don't have to have your own money to do it. You can flip houses using OPM or other people's money. There are investors these old rich guys all over the place that are just waiting to loan you a lot of money for 10% interest so you can flip a house and they can get their money back in six months. So if people are really looking to um, get started now and they have no money and they want to do a lot of work, they can flip houses. It doesn't give you long-term wealth, but it does give you a huge chunk of cash you know, after the sale. Another way people are really finding success is wholesaling. If you're a young person and you have time on your hands, maybe you don't have a family and you have time on the weekends or after work, you can wholesale, which means basically you go door to door, knock on doors, or in today's day and age, you can run Facebook ads or, you know, ask on Facebook or um, I don't think people sell houses on uh, Instagram, but (laughs) um, and try and find houses or, you know, sellers that are looking to sell their properties that don't want to that, that can't afford them anymore. Maybe they have deferred maintenance and they can't afford them. Um, maybe they're getting old and they'd like to sell. And you find these sellers that have basically houses that need a lot of work and it's just too much for them. And you find that house. Now, you're the bird dog with wholesaling. And then you, all your job is is to find the property. And then you sell that contract. You sell the deal. You sell your find to an all-cash investor, and they give you basically a finder's fee. A lot of people are doing that, and they never have to put any of their own money into the deal. They don't have to have credit at all, and they're basically finding the good deals for the cash investors. That's another really popular way to get started in real estate. Mm-hmm. I, I have a so, question. Um, I have a question. Sure. Ted, uh, what what would be what would what would you say? Uh, okay, run away from that. What would be the thing that you say? Nope, don't do that. That's that's a mistake. You know, because we we're talking the positive, but what would uh, what would what in your mind you come to something and you say, oh, that's not good. Don't. That's not a good thing to invest in. That's not a good property. What 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 what's a red line, red flag for you? Now, I'll tell you, I know people that buy every sort of property, burned-down houses, houses that, you know, uh, gosh, just flooded properties, 
anyone will buy anything for the right price because the property is always worth something, even if it's a dollar. So as long as you have someone willing to buy a house that can be fixed up, it's worth something. Now, if you're a brand-new investor and you're just getting started and you want to buy a property yourself, then I would really stay away from huge jobs, jobs with mold, jobs, you know, houses that were fire houses, anything that looks scary, foundation issues. If you're buying it yourself, you don't want to get in over your head and create, you know, a you don't you don't want to create more expenses for yourself because you're you know you can't see inside the walls. So if you're just starting out, I would recommend properties that just need cosmetic work, lipstick on a pig. You know they just need the bones are good, but maybe it just needs a new kitchen or it needs new carpet and paint. Don't overwhelm yourself with a full gut job on a property. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So, so you said you started with twenty. What mm-hmm. kind of capital? Um, if I'm saying, hey, I wanna, I wanna get on the renter side where I can buy a house, rent it out. What kind of capital would I need? Is twenty and that the depends, range? Or, yeah. Or yeah, that really depends on the area that you buy in. Now, the house that we bought. It was, I think it was like $93,000. And so we put, you know, if, if you plan on buying the property with the sole intention of renting it out 100%, you have to put 20% down. There's no other way around it. You can borrow 20% from somebody else, but you have to put 20% into the deal. Um, now, I will say this. For people that are also just starting out, I and maybe you don't want to rent out 100%, maybe you're willing to do house hacking. Have you guys heard of house hacking? Uh-oh, what is that? Okay, house hacking is really cool. It's a term that's been coined by Bigger Pockets, and Bigger Pockets is a huge real estate um, you know, network online. It's gotten really big in the past few years. So they've coined this term house hacking, and this is really, really potent for brand-new investors, for young people as long as you can buy a property, you can do this, and you don't need to put 20% down. It's where you, let's say you buy a duplex, and you live in one unit, but you rent out the other unit. Or you buy a single-family house, just a regular house, and you live in one room, and you rent out the other room. In that instance, if you're willing to live in the property for even just one year, that's the minimum, you have to live there for one year, basically the only catch, you can do an FHA loan and put 3.5% down and just pay closing costs. So you can basically live rent-free as long as you live in a property. You can have your other tenants pay your mortgage for you in the form of rent. And usually some of my students pay, you know, their tenants pay more than the mortgage payment, so they're making money on top of having someone pay their mortgage payment, so they're getting to live for free. So that amount will depend on how much your property is. And depending on where you are in the country, you can maybe find a duplex for $50,000 or $150,000 or even more. But if you're willing to live in it, duplex, single family, triplex, fourplex, any of those, you can buy a property and only put 3.5% down. It's really amazing. And people, you know, especially if you don't have kids and you're willing to do this do every single year, you could essentially buy a property, live in it, put a tenant, you know, in your other rooms or in the other units and have them pay you rent. Then you move out and you buy another one with 3.5% down or, or 5% and do the same thing all over again. Nice. 
I mean, that is pretty good. And they call that house hacking. House hacking, that's right. It's really neat. And because you think about it, it's like, okay, so your tenant, so let's say you buy a duplex, you know, which is basically two homes mushed together. You own both of them, but they share a wall. That's basically Mm -hmm. a duplex. Um, So you live in one. Let's say the mortgage payment is $500, but your the unit B next door, let's say it will rent for $1,000. Well, now you're getting $1,000 a month for rent. You know, your tenant's paying you 1000 bucks, but the mortgage payment's only 500 So you're making an extra $500. And then after you move out and you buy your next place, you put a tenant in where you used to live, and now each side's paying you $1,000. Right. Okay. So now, um, all right. Now, one of the things that you talked about, um, one, what's the name of your company again? Sure, it's Brick by Brick Wealth. Brick by Brick Wealth. And mm-hmm. one of the things that Brick by Brick does is they offer a free course to help people get started. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Sure. I offer a free mini course. It's an email course. It's called Retire Your 9 to 5 with Rental Properties. And it's basically for brand-new aspiring real estate investors who think they want to get into real estate investing, but they're not sure if rental properties is right for them. It will let you know the seven benefits of owning rental properties. And the course tells you how to find money to buy houses quicker, tells you where the good deals are, and it tells you how many houses you need to retire from your job. So you can just live off of rental income. How many do you need? Well, it depends on um, how much uh, money you need to make. Um, for us, I think that if we made um, $100,000 a year in passive income, that that would be pretty good, you know? And so we're over halfway there now, and if we paid off all of our properties, we'd be even closer. So we just need, you know, a few more houses. I think 10 to 12 houses for us will give us $100,000 a year. Passive income. So we won't have to work except for managing them, and we'll make a hundred grand. Not bad. Not bad at all. Now and then, so you'll make a hundred grand, but your net worth will be much more because you own those houses. Oh my gosh! Yes. Oh yeah. And it's crazy because you know the market has really gone up, even just in the past year. I'm sure everyone knows it's been kind of crazy with housing prices. But we bought a property in 2019, in the end of 2019, and we bought it for 120000 And already today, it's worth probably kind of at least, at least 185000 So it's not even been two years yet, a year and a half or so, a year. And it's already, you know, we've already made, you know, $50,000 in equity on that property. So imagine the longer I own the house, how much more all of our properties are going to go up. So our net worth is really going up quickly. Exactly. Exactly. The um, now we we talked a little bit in your mind. If I don't want to be a landlord, what is the best way? Is it flipping houses? Is it wholesaling? Um, what's the best way to be in real estate if I don't want to be a landlord? Well, first of all, if you don't want to be a landlord, you always could just hire a property management company. I have people all around the country that invest all around the country. Um, I have a client who lives in California, 
and she just bought a house in Ohio, in Ohio, and she pays a property management company 10% of the monthly rent, and they manage the whole thing for her. She does absolutely nothing, and they just send her a paycheck. So there's that way to go if you don't want to be a landlord, and many people are doing that if they want to invest in real estate and have long-term wealth um, by holding onto properties that are going to appreciate and they want rental income, they just hire a property management company. But other ways to do that would, yes, be to fix and flip and wholesaling. Now, both of those ways do require some time. So if you have a full-time job and you have a full-time family and that sort of thing, um, fixing and flipping and wholesaling is a lot of work. Um, so I will say that. So the easiest way to go, if you don't want to spend a lot of time doing anything, is to buy rental properties. Yes. And you can property. always, now, you know, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yes, you Tony? Oh, I was just going to say, um, you know, like I said, the house hacking thing, if you are younger, you can start off buying your first property. You know, don't buy a car. Don't go buy some crazy house. Buy your house as your, you know, with the mindset that this is an investment property and you're going to be selling this in the future to a potential buyer. Mm-hmm. I, um, would you tell them about the question that I asked you earlier on properties uh, uh, for uh, investment that you use at a, as a vacation home and then when you're not there, you rent it out? Can you uh, oh, yes. give us some of the pros and cons on that that aspect? Sure. So something everyone's doing right now, you know, now that most people are working from home, um, they're not everyone has to drive into the city. Real estate has seen a huge, um, a huge. Uh, what's the word? People have are leaving a lot of the city. Um, they're leaving apartments and they're leaving downtown city living for suburb living. And on that same note people that already lived in the suburbs that now don't have to drive into the city to go to work are saying, well, shoot, I can go live more long-term. I can go stay and go on vacation whenever I want. I'm not bound to spring break. I'm not bound to all of these old outdated rules now that they can work from home. So short-term rentals have really blown up since the coronavirus. I mean, they are off the hook. So another way you can be a real estate investor and also have a vacation home and have some fun is to buy a short-term rental, or STR, also known as an Airbnb or a VRBO. If you ever want to go to the lake or to the beach and you and your friends get an Airbnb, somebody owns that and they rent that out to short-term tenants, which are tenants that will stay, you know, three nights to a couple weeks to maybe a month. And the cool part about being a short-term rental owner is those properties usually, if you do them right, make way more than a long-term tenant would make you um, because you're charging nightly rates instead of monthly rates. So you make way more money. So the negative, though, is there's a lot of tenant turnover. Um, You know, you're always having – there's a lot of people coming in and out and that sort of thing, but there's huge plus sides to that to short-term rentals. Uh, if you're trying to do that, for an example, I live here in North Carolina, and I mentioned Myrtle Beach, uh, and I had a, decided to do a big uh, a, a property like that in Myrtle Beach, for an example. 
would you then recommend that you would have a a uh, uh, property manager in the in that situation? Being that I'm, you know, three hours away, would you re- recommend or would you say yeah. keep, keep you know keep all the money for yourself? What would you say? I would, I would, I mean, unless you're the one that every three days you want to talk to a new, a new person that's coming to stage your place and tell them how to use the Wi-Fi and stuff like that, like I would not want to do that. I would hire a property management company, and they're actually called Airbnb hosts or VRBR hosts. You want to hire one of those people. And they charge um, 20% of the gross rent. But they take care of everything. They make sure your property is clean. They schedule the cleaning ladies to come. They make sure that there's keys and that the yard is mowed. They do everything for you. So it costs more. But remember, you're also making way more money with the Airbnb host. So for anyone who's interested in doing an Airbnb, um, buying one of those properties, the first thing I would recommend you doing, you do is to get a hold of a five-star rated Airbnb host and in the area that you want to invest in, and I would ask them, you know, about the area, what types of properties rent, um, what the average nightly rental is, and see if you would make money and at what property price point. That's the first thing I would do. Matter of fact, uh, my husband and I considered doing that last summer. We went all the way out to Arkansas um, by Lake Catherine, and we were going to buy a lake house. Um, and so we, I found some really good Airbnb hosts and everything. But I will say one thing to watch out for, which I didn't really think of at the time, was you have to fully furnish the property top to bottom. And I mean, you know, down to the pizza cutter. So buying a property that's already fully furnished will save you thousands and thousands of dollars because for a four-bedroom house, it could cost $20,000 to pay for furnishings. You know, you need sheets and trash cans and all sorts of stuff. So you got to remember that. Yep, and, and of course, I would imagine the nicer it is, the more recommendations you will get, so the more often you will have it rented, right? Exactly. You know, just look at your competition and see what the other places nearby look at. So put your mind in the, you know, put yourself in the buyer in the renter's mind. If you're out looking for a place over in Myrtle Beach, what's your competition? And then you want to make your place look like that and even better. That way, you would attract right. the top okay. tenants. Very, uh, that's very important. Because, yeah, I'm, because I'm from the, what, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, what, what I was going to say, uh, Coach, is that's very important because I hadn't really factored in or thought about, hey, you got to have, it's got to be furnished. And hey, mm-hmm. guess what? You got to turn over the sheets. Somebody's got to turn over the sheets and, and you got to put new sheets in there and and so that's another uh, expense you got to account for that that really hadn't came into my mind on, on that. So that that was yeah. that's very very informative. Oh, thanks. Well, yes, thank I would recommend talking to an Airbnb host, and they will give you the skinny on what's normal for your area. Stacy, do you have any experience with like corporate housing, like how? No, I don't. Unfortunately. Mm-mm. Right. And, no, we and just stick mainly this. to residential rentals. Okay. Okay. What do you mean by corporate uh, rental? Corporate What do I'm just going to use a a coach. Just say, hey, they brought a new coach in. We're gonna we need a place to put him for a month till he finds a place. Ah. So they're gonna rent a ah. furnished place 
and just put them in there. So as you said, you got to have everything in there from the spoons to the knives, everything. Um, but with the corporate, it's a little bit more expensive than the Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. So you can make a little bit more mm-hmm. money. Uh, it might not be rented as much as an Airbnb. Is that kind of right there? Yeah, I know. And I do know that, you know, like um, uh, airline pilots and flight attendants and stuff, they stay in that type of housing too. So if it's probably around an airport, that sort of thing, they likely have things like that. Um, You could probably get more information on if that's what you were thinking of doing. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. Well, hey, that's a lot of good information. A lot of good information, and uh, and Casey, uh, before we wrap up, uh, just know that we're going to want to get you back on again at some point, uh, so hopefully you will definitely agree to join us, um, but before we go, what piece of advice, if you had to give somebody one piece of advice that say, hey, I want to get into uh, um, investing in real estate, what would you tell them to do? I would tell them... Especially, you know, if you're young and just starting out, save, save, save. Make smart decisions now. Don't go buy that new car right out of school like I did. Buy a house instead. You know, it's all about sacrifice. The earlier that you can sacrifice for those material goods, sacrifice them for savings for real estate. And you will make so much more money in the end. I can't imagine if I would have not bought that you know, 2006 Mazda S back in the day, and I had put that $30,000 instead in a house, my goodness, I would have so much more money now. I should have just bought a little beater car. So I would say make smart decisions. Make it, find a side hustle to make that extra money and get your credit score over 740. Good. 740 is the number, huh? 740 is a magic number. That will get you the best interest rate available, 740. Good, good. We'll definitely keep that in mind. But, Casey, we definitely enjoyed it um, and definitely look forward to bringing you back here sometime and uh, give us some more great information. Uh, but we're going to Absolutely. Thank to you so much. You guys can find me at Brick by Brick Wealth on Instagram. Yes. You okay. Instagram anywhere else you want to get Instagram? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Are just okay. Instagram, or are you anywhere else? Do you have a website? Or um, I, yes, I do have a website. It's brickbybrickwealth.com, and I have a TikTok, and I also have a free Facebook group. It's called Create Passive Income with Rental Properties for anyone looking to learn more about real estate. And um, if they were interested in my free uh, training program that I have, they can find it in my Instagram and my bio link. It's the top link in my bio. Now, what was that Facebook group again? Create Passive Income with Rental Properties. Create Passive Income with Rental Properties. Okay. Well, hey, well, we appreciate it. We're going to go to a quick break, and we'll be back in a second. Sounds good. I had a good time. Thank you so much, you guys. Hey, have a great day, Casey.
sit tight right where you are, baby. Cause I'll be at your door in 10 minutes. Whatever you got on, girl, stay in it. You ain't gotta leave the house to have a good time. I'm gonna bring the good time home to you. We'll have a You know, I uh, 
I was a lot like you and a lot of, you know, very good athletes in high school that got an opportunity to go off to college. I went to Michigan State on a football scholarship, and I was to play baseball. My path, uh, and I, and my position coach was Nick Saban, and uh, I was with the first recruiting class of George Perlis there. Uh, I tore my knee up my freshman year, tore three ligaments. Um, I was told I wasn't going to play football anymore. I... Um, Spent the whole probably year, a little over a year, getting rehabbed. I, I sat there and actually was a student coach with Coach Saban and Charlie Baggett, uh, who's these two guys were longtime NFL, but also you know Coach Saban's story. Um, and I worked my way back to, to getting back on the field, and then I but I graduated in three and a half years, and I finished early, and I took a GA job at North Carolina, and a Head coach got let go. I found a job at the Citadel. This is where you and I were uh, for three years. And uh, Coach Mac Brown had come and asked me to stay there. So you always kind of wonder if I'd have made a different career path, what would have happened. But while I was at the Citadel, NFL Europe started. I left there and hopped into pro football. The team I was with only lasted one year. I was sitting out of a job in the middle of a summer knowing that I can't get into football, really. And I read about a new football league starting. It was called the Professional Spring Football League. I went there as a consultant. I guess they liked what I did. I got named director of player personnel for the league, signed a 1,000 players, started 10 teams, went to three weeks of training camp. It fell through. But while I was doing that, someone discovered me in Canada and uh, started in Saskatchewan for two years as a as a coach and personnel director. And then the U.S. expansion started, and this is where you and I re- reunited. I brought you to Baltimore as a player, and I, and I got named general manager. But part of that was being with the right person. There was a hot coach. He wanted me with him and That's new better. opportunities with expansion. I went there, and then that only lasted two years. And then I went to Montreal for 21 years and then Toronto for three. And I've had a tremendous career. And uh, But I've been out of work up until recently for about a year, like a lot of people. And um, now I'm down here helping uh, Coach Ely, who was coached on uh, Hill Ely and in Baltimore, which you know, and uh, I had started a minority program there, and he was one of the coaches that uh, Coach Ely's done phenomenal. He's the head coach at Morgan State for 12 years now. He's at Alabama State as the head coach, and he asked me to come down here and help him. He just recently had COVID. So I've been down here about a month and a half uh, helping him, getting their program going, you know, ready to roll because they play uh, a, a spring season, not a fall season here in about three weeks. So, uh, so I'm happy to be back around and actually happy to be coaching, you know, actually a position and, and, and helping him out. So it's going well. Yep. What are you coaching? Actually running backs. So, uh, got me being assistant head coach running backs and also do the director of player personnel, which is happening with a lot of universities now where they're, um, having their own scouting departments and recruiting departments. And um, Mm -hmm. so it gave me an opportunity to get back into NCAA football. And uh, so I was happy to help him. You know, he asked me to come down and, and, uh, and I couldn't pass it up. Good, 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 good. 
the while we just talking about the director of player personnel, um, mm-hmm. of course this is a unprecedented time uh, yep. because you can't get out and recruit. Um, some kids didn't even play this year. So how is rec- and, and you're just getting back into recruiting, mm-hmm. but so you're getting in and recruiting is so different. How is it recruiting right now? Um, how is all of these things going to affect the class of 21, uh, which I guess we got signing date is tomorrow. Signing date tomorrow. Well, it's a, uh, you know, you're right. You're right, Everett. And I can't really speak fully on it, but I can tell you, um, you know, what, what I, what I do know. I mean, I have a son that plays college soccer. He hasn't, I mean, here they, um, and they played the first exhibition exhibition game. Sorry, in the last year, uh, just a few days ago, he's at UNC Charlotte, and uh, and I even know you know how it's affected him um, being a scholarship athlete, and and then kids that are looking for scholarships coming up. But he you know he's a junior and he's got extra you know, eligibility, so all the kids got extra years of eligibility. The recruiting class in 2021. Uh, most of these, a lot of these kids that would normally get a scholarship aren't going to. Um, right. It's affected them immensely. Um, there, you know, you go back to each university's in a different situation. Um, some people, as we speak right now, don't even know that they have a scholarship to offer, or they have to look ahead and to the fall and go, okay, I got these guys right now in the spring. Who might not we uh, invite back? Um, you know, who's going to actually graduate and not take their extra year of eligibility. It's a tricky time. Uh, I know dealing with universities and uh, of how they're going to plan it, which does affect the, you know, the young men and women that are coming out of, of high school and getting a scholarship opportunity. So uh, it's a tricky time, even for the, you know, how, how does it affect the, the senior has an extra year? Um, when people are recruiting and they may have a five-star athlete coming in and, you know, what promises are made to them by different places, um, it, you know, to create that room. So it, it's, it's, uh, it's unprecedented, and I don't know if anybody really knows how to handle it, and it's just kind of a go with the flow and see what happens. Right, right. Because I, I would imagine um, that some schools, because from what I understand, um, they're not necessarily increasing the scholarship pool. They're just saying we'll give the seniors another year. Um, so if that's the case, if you can afford it, you can bring your seniors back and sign other kids. But I'm sure most schools can't do that. So no, now they, they can't. Or, right. Right. I, I think more than anything, there's probably a lot of these uh, – Women and men, young women and men, are going to be asked to walk on, attend their school, and earn their scholarship, or you know, and tell them there'll be a possibility of getting a scholarship, and then they'll evaluate them versus what they have, and along with the next recruit, uh, uh, recruiting class coming in, of what they'll have left over. And I'm sure some of the people that don't get a scholarship initially will get a scholarship, but yeah, yeah. you know what it may do in some ways is, you know, some of the 
more top athletes that may not have gone to maybe a power five school may venture into some other schools and, and nor at a different level to where they, they'll get a scholarship. Someone will have a scholarship for them, whereas they might've gone to, you know, um, you know, a power five school and now they're not, or they may go to a subdivision school when they wouldn't have. And uh, so it's uh, the balance of power may, you know, balance out at least for a year or two until it comes back into the norm. Whenever that is, we don't know when that is. Or it may be the new norm. We don't know, you know, for at least a while. And then the other question is, because, I mean, normally on the FBS level, um, by this time, you're finished with the class that signs tomorrow. You've been finished with them, and you're on to the next class. Only did the class of 22 – most of them did not play a full season. They did not have any opportunity to go to anybody's stadium. or, And if they went to a campus, it was just to go to a campus. It wasn't, you know, any type of contact with coaches. So how is that going to affect next year's class? Now, again, I know there's Zoom meetings and all that, but uh, I, would, I would imagine that's going to affect – the class of 22 probably even more so than the class of 21. Well, a hundred percent. I mean, it's affecting the collegiate level. There's no question. And it's, but it's also affecting the professional level. I mean, I, I talk to professional teams quite often and, and there is an uncertainty. I can, you know, not speaking for the NFL, but some teams I've spoken to, they're not quite sure how they're proceeding moving forward. Um, you know, everybody uh, I don't care what professional league you're talking about. Obviously, the collegiate down on, on down, filtering the high schools on down, have lost a lot of money. And so right. there's a lot of people that lost jobs or been furloughed. Uh, you know, TV revenue hasn't come in. You know, sponsorships gone away. Um, so it's kind of a reboot and how everything's going to operate moving forward and how they're going to you know, recruit, scout, however it goes about. I mean, like, we, we know the NFL is not going to have the NFL combine. Uh, they, there was a senior bowl this week, but the NFL doesn't run the senior bowl. Uh, they had a limited amount of people to participate to go to that. But, you know, it's the same, you know, you get to the collegiate level, and I can talk about Alabama State because I know right now, typically, uh, you're exactly right. There's been recruiting weekends normally happening, not happening, at least at Alabama State. Uh, because right now, you know, they got everybody back. And um, and there's a spring season. There's not a fall season right. where this time of year they're doing something different. They're recruiting. So, you know, uh, so it's, it's it, you know, it's a domino effect of how it would be going moving forward. And, um, and I know those meetings are taking place, uh, what the plans are, you know, what uh, the plan is to be able to offer some, uh, people scholarships and when that'll start. So it doesn't look like there's too many scholarships out there. It's just that this group will be out. This group will be in. It's just a different timing of the year once the fall season rolls around. So again, it's a new uh, situation for not just coaches, but, you know, uh, chancellors and presidents and anybody else at a university, let alone owners down to GMs and head coaches, right? Along with the players that are having to endure this. Well, how, right now, a question just, for you: how, how, how big increase? 
since he's saying that they're letting uh, the players come back, how do they increase the scholarship uh, limits? How do they increase that? No. Are you uh, like for yeah, no. example, would uh, would uh, South Carolina have to stay at eighty five scholarships, or could they also well, uh, from, add more scholarships? Uh, well, from, from have what I well, there there might be there might be an overlap in regards to not technically from school year to school year. But, again, some of this is new to me at the collegiate level. But I would say from what I'm hearing and understand, at least at some places, no. I think that it's just people are allowed to have the extra year because that that was the big question when this first came out. Okay, you're going to give someone an extra year because uh, you got to look at it as a university in the business itself. Uh, no matter what the NCAA may say, uh, if you if they if they were to allow to have let's just say another twenty scholarships, the school has to pay for it. Okay, yep. so yep. you know mm-hmm. there's a there's still a lot of factors that go into the mouth and say, hey, yeah, you can have another year eligibility. That's what's granted to you, but the school still has to pay for it, and then you got to make room for it, and you got to have room in your locker rooms, you got to have room for everything. And, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, and yet there's a lot of places in here you're doing social distancing. They don't even have the room to do that or make room for mm-hmm. more people. So mm-hmm. uh, I think technically without knowing the answer for sure, because I don't know this collegiately, I don't think there's more scholarships on top of it. I just think yeah. that you're allowed for them to have extra, which affects the next class coming up. Yeah, from what I understand. That, that's an effective program. Not, yeah, from what I understand, they're not giving you extra scholarships, but just say you had 10 seniors, they're saying you still have, if you're on uh, Division One, you still got 85 scholarships, but those 10 seniors can come back. But the key is, Correct. as he alluded to, you got to be able to afford that. So if you can't afford yeah. that, so most 1AA can't afford another 10 scholarships. So now they got to make right. the decision, do I bring a senior back or do I bring in a freshman? And and right. now that's where some of those hardest things are going to happen. Well, yeah, and 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 is, is, it, is it the players? Is if I, I don't know, this is probably a crazy question. Can the players say, "I want to come back," and the coach said, "No, you don't want to come back"? Yeah, I'm sure they can. If they've already exhausted their eligibility. I yeah, you know, the interesting thing about, and, and you know this as well as anybody, Everett, because of you working in that le- level for a long time. Um, I mean, scholarships at one time, when you got a scholarship, uh, it was good for four or five years, unless you did something wrong and to lose it. Uh, scholarships now are not that way. They've gone year to year. And um you know, and most people don't take the scholarship from somebody, but they can take as many as they want year after year if they would like or not ask someone to come back. Is that right, Everett? Right. Yeah, and the thing is, it's it's more of, you know, you got to have a, a paper trail to not allow somebody to come back. But at the same time, you know, it's sometimes they do. If you want to play, you need to go somewhere else because you're not going to play here. Uh, right. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's what it is. And well, sometimes it's hey, look, listen. That, let's let's go back to when this all started. Like even having the fifth year guy can move on and play at another school, a graduate. 
You know, that, that right. wasn't allowed at one time. He can move in one year. But, you know, I think Russell Wilson was one of the first. But, you know, what happens is it's not that NC State didn't want Russell Wilson back for another year. They knew they weren't going to be able to keep their next quarterback. He was leaving. If they yep. didn't move on, yep. they, they could have for three more years. And Russell yep. hadn't even decided whether he was going pro baseball, um, you know, going to Wisconsin, and even had a choice to come to Canada because we had his rights. So, but, yep. you know, he made the right choice, you know, and it helped him spur to what he is today. So, uh, no doubt. And it, yeah, and it wasn't so bad for NC State either. So, you know, it, it was a weird, you know, it didn't look good at first, but it was just the start of all this graduate right. um, movement. Now, now, Coach, let me ask you this question. Um, there's a lot of guys, and, and I had a couple of them that played for me at um, UTSA that – we're hoping to get an opportunity to get in the camp so they can make it or have a chance to make it. But there were no mini camps. There were no OTAs. What should those guys do? Should they continue to train? Because this year there might not be OTAs and mini camps again. So do they, do you think they, they have a chance or, I mean, it's, Unfortunate, but it's kind of reality right now. What what can they do to put themselves in position to try to get and make a team? Well, I, I, from again, from my understanding, what um, the NFL is doing, I, I know what majority of what CFL teams are doing. Talking to people, um, and CFL teams have always done this: uh, is they they're watching a ton of film. Um, you know, yeah. they've gotten basically every game of every team and, and you know, let alone calling around asking questions. Um, I think part of the key to this, there are, you know, there'll be a lot of guys that may get in, invites or chances based off uh, film watching and, and request about an individual or, um, you know, it also takes – you know, if, if teams, you know, if an NFL team came in to ask a CFL team about somebody, if a CFL team's asking an NCAA school or an NFL team's asking an NCAA school, you know, there's pro liaisons. There's people talking about individuals that they feel like need chances and get a shot, let alone what they saw on film or they would ask to look at film. Um, will there be some workouts or OTAs? I mean, I don't think that's been decided yet. Uh, or here's the next thing. How many will they allow to come into training camp? Uh, will it be as right. many? Can they accommodate as many? Um, those mm-hmm. are a lot of unanswered questions that uh, will continue to be and um, under the circumstances that we have with the pandemic. Right. Right. So, I mean, right. having an agent to help push you, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, talk for you, um, uh I mean, it helps. It, it, to me, it would help even more under these circumstances. Uh, not right. always necessary, right. depending what league you're going to or where you're stand. Where you stand, if you're going to get picked up, you're going to get picked up. Uh, but in other ways, if someone's promoting you and helping you, if it doesn't cost you anything to have someone to do that, that's a registered agent. They have to be registered in the NFL. They have to be registered in Canada. So you, that's one thing you need to research. Then, you know. It's not going to hurt you to have that. 
Hey, Coach, you mentioned yes. a term. You said you were director of player personnel, at and that's a that's kind of a college term. And you, uh, I mean, a um, pro term. What's the difference in director of player personnel and recruiting coordinator? Now. Well, there's everybody has different terminologies for everything. So, I mean, there's people that have that term that are that are doing direct recruiting. There's other people that have that term that are pro liaisons and working with uh, uh, professional leagues dealing with their graduating seniors. Um, uh, you know, it, it's also a term used, or it could be director of football operations in regards to the different aspects of what goes on within the football department, or maybe one individual oversees two or three other people that do those jobs. Um, and this kind of puts everything together within the organization, you know, within the uh, football department, for example. So there's a lot of terminology. It's no different than being a general manager. I was a general manager for 28 years and my general manager's duties were about everything. I mean, I went on the road and scouted. There's other general managers that never went on the road and scouted. So a lot of these terms, names, um, I mean, someone can be called a senior advisor and be involved with all this, but they don't have that terminology. So they're just titles in a lot of ways. That's, that's the way I look at it. And, um, but, um, you know, I, 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 my job and the things I'm doing here, I just, I simply say I'm helping coach Eri. That's what I'm doing <laughs> more than anything. I mean, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. He wanted me to be here with him. And, um, uh, and uh, he talked to me about it for a couple months and I decided, okay, I'll come do it with you. And, and it was, a believe me, it was a big decision for me, uh, to even kind of leave my nest. I've been isolated and trying to stay away from a lot of as best I could of, uh, try not to get COVID, right? And uh wasn't sure that I really wanted to venture out yet. Um, but I, I really wanted to and needed to and uh I decided to do that. Actually I actually was living with Coach Ely, his wife and his son for a few weeks and I went home for a couple of days because we had some time off and he calls me and goes, I got cat I got I got COVID and I'm like, Oh my gosh You know, and I'm thinking I'm in a I'm thinking I'm in a safe situation. <laughs> And, and lucky, very lucky that, I mean, I must have tested five times since then just to make sure I didn't have something. And uh, so I was fortunate, right. right? And his wife and child ended up coming down with it too. So he, he just actually got back to work today. And uh, he's doing doing good. But somehow I got around it, at the, you know. I'm, I'm fortunate and lucky yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, as we get ready to wrap up, um you've got a, a different perspective. At the West Foundation, our, our major goal that we talk about is we want kids to understand that they can be successful without being a professional athlete. So you've dealt with a lot of professional athletes. Um, what yep. advice do you give a young, young person that has aspirations to being a professional athlete? Well, you know, the first is reality. You should never give up on your dreams. You should always dream big and believe you can do anything. Uh, I always did. I always thought I'd be a professional athlete. I, I, I didn't become a professional athlete, but I've been in this. I've been a, a, a professional and you know working in a professional sport, and um, I always wanted to be a pro athlete, and I never envisioned I wouldn't be. Now, 
things happen. You know, and what you got to come to reality is, is that there's about one percent of, you know, and it may be give or you know give a little bit on that number that, you know, get scholarships to even go to college to play, and some people walk on and play pro sports. Uh, and then there's only about one percent of those that actually go be it become a pro. So you always have to have a fallback plan. This is why you have an education and. And not everybody needs or has to go to college to be successful. I'll, I'll be the first to say that. I know many of people that haven't. Um, but it's believing in yourself. It's finding people that believe in you. And, and, and it's building trust. You know, I think that's a huge word that most people don't really put in perspective. And it's building trust in one another. You know, when you have a coach you really trust or or – you know, when you build that relationship with the player, uh, they may not have that uh, figure at home. And we know we come across mm-hmm. that quite a bit in our, our business. And, um, but it's, uh, you know, I, I don't, I mean, I, I try to tell people, you know, there's a lot of people that get ahead in life and move forward in life by not being honest and, uh, you know, conning people, and, and it never pays off. It's going to catch up to them. And so, and they may get far, but, uh, I don't know too many people that are rich in life, not so much money-wise all the time, that are if you're honest and respectful and and uh, you do the right thing, that a lot of good things will happen for you, and you'll be much happier in your life, I promise you. And so, you know, you, you can, sometimes you got to be get out of your comfort level. And, um, you know, it may be – I always say take a picture frame. When you look at it, it's, it's you know, you need to get outside that picture frame and look back in and look at that picture frame from the outside. And or it may be a, a situation where you say you need to get out of your box. It may be the box you were raised in, okay? And, and you won't understand how much bigger the world is and, and, and how many different things you see back in that picture frame that you can't see while you're in it. And you need to venture out and be uncomfortable to make sacrifices and changes to move forward. And I, and I just think it's, it's, um, it's a situation that people just don't, you know, they don't see. And, it, and it's the same with the people you hang around with. I mean, if, if, uh, if, you know, you need to look at your inner circle, your circle of friends and people. And, and if you don't, if you're not inspired or you don't see a future, then maybe you're not in the right circle. You know, that's what you've got to come to grips with and, and, and find, you know, something different. And it may be uncomfortable, but but mm-hmm. that might be the best way for you to grow is to get out there and do that. But I, I'll, I'll go back to one thing and I'll get off here talking, but it, it is trust. you got to make people trust you and believe in you for them to want to do things for you. And there, you'll find a lot of people who will want to do that, that if they see that you're honest and compassionate and, and, and you've got some integrity, there'll be a lot of people who want to help you. And that's how you get ahead. I really believe that. Amen. Yes. Damien, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Um, and hopefully you all have a great season. And, well, uh, I thank you. Forward to well, and, hey, uh, man. Both of us, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, anytime ever, Tony, and uh, I wish you guys much 
best. This is a great show for people to learn. And I, I was learning all kinds of stuff, listening to the the lady talking about the housing and the investments and the save. And you know, that's so true. Everything she said here. I'm I'm 56, and she's 100 percent right with just those. And you don't realize it when you're that young. Uh, exactly. You've been told a million times, save, save your money, do this, do that. And um, <laughs> it's, it's a very simple thing to follow that a lot don't want to listen and do. I, I promise. But if you do it, it'll pay off. Hey, can you yep, got one thing here? There's one thing I would like to say real quick. As much as we okay. always talk about athletes and, 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 and scholarships, I will tell young people this, and I will tell parents that are listening to this, take your money, all these – believe me, I have six kids. So people come to me, how's your son get a scholarship in soccer? Well, listen, he's one of the very few that do, okay? But I can tell you this, most of my kids, and my sister helped me with this, my parents when they were alive, when my kids were born, we put all that money into that college savings plan. And that money, and each year they would put it in, whether it was a Christmas gift or a birthday, they'd put it in, and it didn't seem like much. And believe me, that right there is your scholarship. If you're fortunate to get the bonus to get one, but if you do that, you can take all these places that that's a business that everybody wants your kid to play 365 days a year and charge you out the yin yang with it. Put some of that money in those, those uh, educational plans. And you'll be grateful by the time your kid's going to college you have that. That's, that is a huge thing I tell people all the time. Because I, I don't know what I would do right now if that wasn't done and helped me or done for me. Um, I wouldn't. I, I didn't think a whole lot about it and at the time. And I look back on it now, I'd be like, I don't know what I'd be doing. I got four kids in college right now. And that, that's a huge <laughs> thing. Huge thing. Yep. <laughs> Sure enough. God bless you, Coach. God bless you. Okay. <laughs> you take care, guys.
how's everybody doing? This is Everett Sands, the West Foundation Sports Talk Show. Welcome back. Um, we've already had two great guests, and we got another one coming up here right now, a man that's full of wisdom. Uh, he's been coaching a long time, and he's going to come, and we're going to talk a little bit about developing young men. Coach DeAndre Clark. Coach Clark, how's everything going? Everything's going well, man. Glad to be here. Man, glad to have you. Glad to have you. The uh, now again, you've been a head coach, you've been an assistant coach, but tell us a little bit about your journey uh, in the coaching world. Well, I, my my dad was my pop Warner coach, my first coach, and um, since I was ten years old, I always wanted to be a head coach. So um, had a pretty good career. Went to Florida State from '89 to '92. Missed the national championship by a year, so I, I, I teased the red shirt freshmen that they, the rings that they're wearing, are, are one of them mine. You know, I was on the <laughs> wide right team. So I was on the missed field goal teams, unfortunately. Um, but I, I, I was able to. I, I've been blessed with a lot of coaches that that I've, I've studied under, and been mentors, uh, uh, mentees to. Um, it's, it's been unbelievable when I look back at it now. Um, but I always mm-hmm. wanted to be a coach since I was a little kid from Pop Warner. I, and, and and a lot of coaches thought I was defiant because I used to ask why. And I wasn't asking why as, as you know, being disobedient. I was asking why. So if it was something that I thought was good, my team would do it. And um, I became head coach in, at, at 32. Uh, after I left Florida State, went to high school, went to a popka high school at, at, uh, with Chip Gerke. Um I don't think he can do anything wrong. At that time, we had Jeremy Rudolph and a couple guys on defense that went to Division One, So you couldn't really do much bad coaching when I first started out. Then I went to Shanks High School and um, had some guys on there that was pretty good, Alex Jackson and, and – um, Willie Simmons, who's the head coach at Florida Agricultural Mechanical University now, so he's on that mm-hmm. team. Uh, so I, 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 I mean, Central Michigan, Michigan State, IGA, um, Benedict College, came Shaw University at 32. Um, just walked in the door one day and uh, became the head coach, and uh, it comes with no manual, so. Uh, Happy to get in the driver's seat, but didn't quite know how to crank the car. <laughs> so, so, so since then, I, I went to Fort Valley uh, State University, um, and I became the AD, helped build the stadium, um, did a lot of things with fundraising, felt like I was a beggar in a suit. So uh, my wife and I got tired of moving around as uh, the people didn't like me in Fort Valley. So I, uh, you know, as a coach, you have to go where people want you. You just can't pack up and say, oh, I like so-and-so, so-and-so. I want to live in this city or that city. You have to go where they, they want you instead of where they're picketing it from you, you know. Yeah. But it, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a blessed deal, Everett. I mean, working with the kids everywhere I've been. Um, I just got welcomed to the 21st century here in the last two weeks. My, my kids put me on Facebook. And now I'm reaching out to a lot of the kids that I've um, coached 
you know, in the early 2000s and in high school, and um, it's, it's pretty good, man. I feel like I'm getting my flowers now instead of, um, you know, waiting till I pass on when I can't even hear it. Right, right. Well, that's good, man. That's good. Now, head coach at 32, which is impressive in itself, um, but what kind of things did you stress to your team and your players uh, when you were a head coach? One, uh, the main thing was education, man, um, and that stress togetherness. You know what 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 the actual team meant. Um, I, it, it was only three things. When I, and I tell parents all the time, it's three things that I want for your child. You know, when he comes to school, first I want him to get his education. Then two, develop a work ethic. And three, we'll get some championships. So that's the only three things I wanted for him. So I felt like regardless of what field they went to, if they had a work ethic. They can they can survive, you know. Be the first one in, the last one out. I hustle people just like you do in the game. You know, you have to outwork people. So that's the same thing in life. Get all the education you can. Preferably try to get it for free, because it's not cheap. But if you don't want to invest in yourself, I don't know what what you're gonna put yourself uh, put your money into. So right. education, man, and always lifting as you climb. If if you somebody you know reach back and help help one more person as you climb through, you know a lot of those guys that I coached was first generation college students, and um, they just need a little guidance. And I think all kids need guidance and discipline. I mean, but you know, I I just everything was a team. I made the team eat together. You know, certain positions they 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 sit together, they eat together, they go places together, they. They go hunting together. Whatever, whatever you do, you guys do it. Do it together. If you don't even, if you don't like Coach Clark, all y'all, all y'all hate Coach Clark together. I don't need eighty percent like me, and because I, I didn't come here to have no friends. I came here to make things better for you in life. You know, so it's gonna be some tough love. So it's a family unit, man. Because I try to take care of people, kids, just like they're my own. You know, right. So. I, I I I loved it and I still love it. I'm at I'm at the high school now and still loving it. Yeah. Well, good, good. Now, what what, what high school are you at, Coach? Huh? What high school are you at? Are you in South Carolina, North Carolina? Where where are you located? No, I'm I'm actually in, in Lakeland, Florida, man. In I uh, I okay. coached with I coached at uh, Albany High School defensive coordinator last year. But this year with the virus, uh, I don't know. I mean, all the sports fans might remember that Trace McGrady came from Albendale. Uh, so that's his high school. The gym's named after him. Um, and they've had some great football. Um, so this year, um, the COVID, and uh, my son ended up playing for Lakeland Dreadnoughts this year. Um, so I enjoyed being a, a dad. I, I've never been able to just shake my pom-poms and go team. I never tailgate, you know. So, so, so I enjoy being dad. Not, not everybody asks me what should have done and how could they get better. No, I was just dad, man. So I, I had a great time. Now, hey, now, this year I had opportunity to be dad too. 
Um, but but as I was dad, uh, after the game, you know, me and my son had to look at the film and go over some stuff that I thought he could have done better. Did you do any of that, or you were just <laughs> dad? On- <laughs> I, I, tried, I tried to Jedi mind trick him into it. You know, because he, he's, he, you know, trying to, you know, insinuate that it was his idea that we need to look at the film and stuff. But um, I just show him how to, and if he took the initiative right. to do it on his own, you know, because I, 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 just like as a kid, everybody thought since he was five years old I was going to be training to be a defensive lineman. And I was like, hey, right. man, you can play football if you want to play. I don't even care if you don't play, you know. I mean, your dad had a crazy gene to play football. You don't necessarily have to play if I don't play. You know, you don't want to. So, I've I've been, you know, I I had Andre Wars on my staff when he committed suicide. So I I, I look into the CTE factor of it too. So, um, it's, it's right. been it's been a wild journey, like you were talking about. It's been wild, man. I I got a book that I need to write. <laughs> what, what is your book? What's your book going to highlight? I don't know, man. I guess memoirs because I've I've been in, in in major universities, you know, played at Florida State and in Central Michigan and and uh, with Bobby Williams' staff, who was at that time one of the few African Americans that was a head football coach. Uh, mm-hmm. Ended up at Shaw University, got mentored by Hornsby Howe. Uh, Horns of Howe's first African-American sideline coach at Georgia, um, was coached by Coach Andrews that played for the Bear, coached by Coach Eason, who was played by Jake, you know, he, he was coached by Jake Gaither. So it's it's been, you know, it's been wild. Right, right. Well, coach, 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 look in the rearview mirror. You said you were, you were head coach at 32 years old. Now, at your age now, what do you think that you would do differently now if you were the 32 now at that head coach? Be patient. Be patient. Yeah, I, I, if I can tell my younger self anything else, uh, was to be patient because I, I've been a, a high up-and-coming coach, and um, people that know me and really know me you know, I um, I have a hard time holding my tongue. Right is right, wrong is wrong, and um, I don't I don't believe in titles. So regardless of how how how, how big your title is, that just depends on where I'm gonna meet with you to talk to you about the situation that I think is unfair. So if if your box is above mine on the on the organizational club. I want to see you in the office if you have time so we can discuss it. And uh, at 32, a lot of folks thought I was pretty brash. So I was just, you know, just cool out and, and enjoy it, man. But right. I got to a right. point that I, I was moving so much and I didn't see my kids grow up. So I was just like, look, I'll just take a step down. College ball has been around since 1800s. So they'll be around a couple of years. I, I need to spend time with my kids. You know, you you, you mentor and guiding and and directing other kids, other people, kids is no no more important than mine. I I need to make sure exactly. that I, I I raise some guys. You know, because uh, you got every exactly. coach gonna come to that crossroad. 
You're going to trade your wedding ring for a championship ring. You're going you're gonna to jeopardize your family to make the big bucks. And you're going to have to come to that road. And, and you're going to have to have a wife that understands that. Yep, no doubt. You know, Coach, That's very true. You know, Coach, Coach Sands said that to me because we hadn't been together. He coached my son at, at the NC State. And uh, okay. I, we hadn't got together in a while. And, geez, Monelli, that is the exact same thing he said. Not in your exact same words, but he said the same thing. Hey, I, I want to watch my daughter. I want to be dad for a while. Watch my yeah. my my daughter. So that that is hey. that is so profound that everybody that gets into this uh, at the levels that you guys coach that every all every everyone says that same thing. So it, yeah, yeah, Tony. It come it come a time that you realize what it is. You know, you you get mm-hmm. in thinking you're going to make a difference, then you realize that it's a machine, and one man can't stop a machine. You know? Yeah. He might can make a difference, but he can't stop the machine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, speaking so, of... You, you, you familiar with Shaw University? Of course. I'm, 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 here in Durham, North, I'm here in Durham, North Carolina. And, uh... Hey, man, I, you know, I, I, I absolutely love Riley. DeAndre... <laughs> He went to uh, Elizabeth yeah. City State. Yeah. He went where? Elizabeth City State. Elizabeth, Elizabeth City State. 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 Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Yeah. Goes to, and they're uh, in the conference together. They're in the, they're in the conference with Shaw. And as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. uh, I was uh, telling Coach, uh, we won a state championship 2013 at Southern Durham High School, and our head coach, Went to Central as the running backs coach, and now he is the head coach at Shaw University, Adrian Jones. Oh, yeah, Jones. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I came in as defensive coordinator, but I won, I won the first championship there in 04. That's why I was 32 okay. years old at that time. Okay, yeah, they, they that's when they first brought it back. Yep, they, bought it, they, yeah. they first brought it back. They bought football yes. back. I have seen you before then, Coach. I thought you were familiar. Yeah. I have seen you before because well, I've been well, with, 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 with the phone, Tony, you can't see me with my bow tie on. If you see me with my bow tie, you'd recognize me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I just looked up online on Coach's website. I see your picture there. I see you. Yeah. I, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Mhm. Mhm. Hey, hey, Beyonce. Um, yes, sir. We talk a lot. We talk a lot about finding success after football or after ball period, whatever kind of ball it is. What can we do to help these kids find success and, and make that a reality? Well, I guess you got to. I try to even at the high school. Is try to find out what you feel success is. Uh, you know, me, quality of life, I'm successful. Now, if you want material things and you want big cars and fancy homes and all that kind of stuff, riches and gold and not be a quality person, you know, I, it's like my, my grandparents, my grandma used to say, don't, don't spend all your time trying to get something and not be something. So yeah. I try to tell them, what you if, if, if a lot of people they just don't owe nobody, they debt free, they pay their bills, 
they 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 set, they content. They not they not looking for, you know, Rolls Royces, Bentleys and, you know, living behind the gates or what have you. Um I I think people that sacrifice um to to make sure that they their family I mean take spend time with their family because there's so many people that don't have father figures and, and you when well, you got some that you can nurture grow it, I mean it's an amazing thing because you can't get the time back man it's an awesome deal mm-hmm. I mean and do what and, and and do what you're supposed to do you you're here to protect and provide. When you get a family, so equip yourself to to do that. Don't be one of those guys that when when you graduate from school, you have nothing to put on the resume. You don't you don't have no candy striper hours. You don't have nothing. You have nothing but coaches as your references. Mm-hmm. So we got to right. broaden your mind and say that okay, I need to intern with this. I need to take this summer and 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 invest in this is what I want to do. Once you find out what your destination is, where you want to go, you put a roadmap under how it can be achieved, you know, and, and put the plan together. You know, this year um, I'm I'm interning this place. Next year I'll be interning and just learning, learning whatever it is you want to do. Um, but you can also be kind of like me. Um, I've always wanted to coach, but I never had a backup plan. So, uh, I tell people get a trade too, you know. And, and everything is not all on academics, you know. These days, if, if if you just learn manners and respect, you know, it'll take you a long way because a lot of people don't have that anymore. You know, that's true. That's great. That's very true. So, so I I I, long- I just stress this. Being good to you, being good to your family, taking care of your business, being accountable. You know, right. what, what I, I don't know what what they call success and what other people think success might be is different than everybody. But it's not materialistic type stuff. It's the value of the person. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so, I, yes, you've coached a lot of. Kids. What do you think is one of the and I'm sure it's one of the things you've said before, uh, but let me sort of just word it. What have you found to be one of the most important characteristics that takes a good high school player into a good or a great collegiate player? Uh, I, I I can't think of nothing more than work ethic, man. I can't. I, I've seen three-star guys become five-star guys, and I've seen four-star guys become all-pro because they would not let nobody outwork them, you know. Um, it's, it's just, and, and, and you know, it's been hot now since, you know, the passing of COVID, but that, that mental mentality, I mean, being mentally tough, because it, it, it's not the, hey, man, it's a lot of work to get there. And if you don't sacrifice your body, your time, and and the life sacrifice that you put in and got to get out of it, if it take a million reps to perfect a craft, that's a lot. That's a lot of passes you need to throw as a quarterback. It's a lot of drops mm-hmm. you need to be dropped. You know, so if, if, if it take, if, you know, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's a goal, 
but don't make it your all. Don't make it. Don't make that your God. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, some most of the kids, most kids, uh, it's almost like brainwashing because they they've been the goose that laid the golden egg. You know, since they've been part one. So it's going to be kind of hard to uh, convince them. Um, that everybody can go pro. Everybody's not going to go to college, you know. Um, so when you look at the, the percentage, you might be catch the lottery three or four times before getting picked up in the draft. I don't know what the odds are, and that might be over-exaggerated, but it's pretty slim, you know. Um, I, 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 not to be a dream, dream stiller, but at the same time, reality of it is, Everybody can do it. I mean, give it your all, push to the finish. I mean, it's exceptions to the rule. You can't say how how tall you need to be or none of that, but well, would have never made it. You know, uh, Ernie Mills would have never made it. He was too short. This person this, this person that. I just, at the, at the end of the day, you give it your all because uh, what God got for you, he got for you. And at the end of the day, he gonna help those that help themselves. So if you keep on pushing and and, and have have your faith together, what's for you gonna be for you? Regardless of how big, how tall, how strong you are, that's what's for you. That's true. Well, and you know what you're saying is 100% correct. Because my own son, for an example, his dream was NFL, and that coach Sands coached. And when he and when the dream didn't happen for him, because of what he learned from coaches like Coach Sam, myself, that, okay, that doesn't happen. You got to take another route. But the thing that you learned and the thing that we tell our kids, uh, we don't coach hustle. We don't coach go get it. You got to have that. You got to have go get it. And that's what he <laughs> turned football into what his career is now. And and that's one great thing about the sport that we coach. You know, it was it, it, hey, if you turn that hustle that you had out there on the field into that hustle now of life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, Very it's, true. It's, it's, it's a simple game, but it's a game that teaches you life lessons. That's that's what's that's what's amazing to me. It's, 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 it's right. sim- similar to chess to me, you know, the strategies of chess, you know. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Well, as we get ready yes, to close sir. up, man, definitely having you on, um, what piece of advice would you give a, a young person that has aspirations to uh, play on the next level? Well, I think um, give it. Give it all you can, man. Go 100% in your classroom because if you're in high school, you got to get your schoolwork. You got to get your schoolwork regardless. Um, I tell kids that, you know, even Deion Sanders had to get a degree to get a job. So as much, you know, NFL, you know, play. You got guys that play 15, 20 years, but they need the education, you know, Um you definitely have to make sure that that's 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 the foundation of what's going on. You know, you you you're right. talking about Coach Bowden always told us faith, family, football, and 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 that's that's the way it always went. You know, so you got to get your grades and not not get out hustle. 
not out work, get not, never get out work, never get out work. And and that gonna, that's gonna prepare you to every level. That's gonna prepare you from JV to varsity, from varsity to college to college to pro. That just that work ethic that nobody will outwork me. I, I that's that's the only that's the simplest thing. And as a team, I always tell people the game is easy. The team that run the longest and hit the hardest is gonna win the game. So regardless of what the scheme is, whoever run the longest and hit the hardest is gonna win. <laughs> All right. Well, well, now we're talking about that. So, so who do you have in the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, I'm in Florida. I think they'll run me out of here, man. If I say anything other than the Bucks. Hey, Tony, that's the other thing I learned that I, I didn't know as a young kid. I I learned how to be politically correct. <laughs> Let me tell you how deep that runs. I was playing golf yesterday, uh, the other day, today, uh, a couple of days ago, it wasn't yesterday, but with a guy from from New England, and I said, uh, "Well, who you got in the Super Bowl?" He said, "I got the New England Patriots." South. <laughs> hey, who? <laughs> You know, Tampa Bay. I said, "Oh my God!" <laughs> you ain't even <laughs> <patient now. laughs> oh. wow. That's a good one. Oh That's man, one. well, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. I, I know I'm a little long-winded, but but I I, I hadn't had many people call and talk about football and kids in a while, so I, I know I probably talk to y'all. But then again, this is a talk show. Exactly, exactly, and uh, and hopefully we can get you back on here sometime soon. Oh, I love to come back, brother Tony. God I'm bless you, you, man. You take care. God, God bless. bless you. Y'all be good. All right. All right. Well, you hey, we quick so, break. We'll be back in a few. Go ahead, Tony. Make it do what it do. I know you're hearing the roar of the crowd right now, but same people you see going up, you see them coming down. <laughs> Before you got your in and your brand new bin and your exclusive dream, I was your baby, I was your ride or die, and you your one to tie, and everything you need. There was never room for either to assume you would be leaving. But now that you're brand new and getting on through, it's something to take with you. Baby, 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 you need it hot. 
right, it's your turn. Before you lose your mind, you better press rewind and get some understanding. Don't wanna waste my time. You see, I work for mine. Life is too demanding. Breaking every rule, thinking that it's cool. Don't you be no fool. Now that you're brand new and getting on through, something to take with you. I was young. Hey, how's everybody doing? This is Everett Sands with West Foundation Sports Talk Show. I have my co-host with me, uh, Mr. Tony Creasy. And hey. our last guest is one of his players, Kendall Hinton. Kendall, how's everything going? Going well, going well. How you doing? I'm doing well, man, doing well. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for joining us tonight. Sure, my pleasure. The, uh now, now, Kendall, you're uh, just finishing up your rookie year with Denver Broncos, uh, but tell us a little bit about your journey from college to to the NFL. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I, I went into uh, Wake Forest University um, out in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I uh, went in as a quarterback, um, you know, out of Durham, out of Southern Durham. I went in as a quarterback, uh, looking to looking to start my first year, you know, so I got that opportunity my freshman year to, to play a few games, um, you know, had a bit of success and, 
you know, kind of got my name out there. And, um, you know, next year came and I ended up getting injured. And so this injury uh, kind of lingered, took me out a year. And, um, you know, you know, things went on. Um, you know, I got in some trouble. I got suspended. Um, and, you know, after a while, I ended up getting my position changed. Um, and, and, yeah, so I changed position my senior year. I ended up having a great season. Um, and, yeah, I just got, you know, the, the blessings from the Broncos to get that opportunity for training camp. And, yeah, from there on out. Now, um, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, this year was so different than you know, any other year that that anybody, most anybody has been alive because I guess the last pandemic was 1918. Right. I can actually remember it even if they were around. Um, but Undrafted free agent. How how was that getting into camp? Because a lot of them didn't even get an opportunity. So so how did that come about for you? Yeah. So that that was you know another um, you know another stressor to add on just with with everything that's going on this year uh, was you know kind of going through the the virtual OTAs and that process and you know you're going in you got this amount of players. But it's like, hey, going into training camp, we're going to have to, you know, cut about 20 or so guys. Um, and so this is, you know, with no coaches haven't seen you, this isn't, you know, you, yeah. you haven't got the opportunity to show anything. Um, so, you know, we go throughout that, and you're just hoping you, you don't get your name called. And uh got lucky enough to get through that and um, got to go to training camp and, um you know, I got I got to show what I could do in training camp as an undrafted guy, and um, yeah. So as an undrafted uh, player, you you don't get many reps. You know, especially this year with with everything that's going on, it was it was definitely limited reps. Um, but you know, I just went in and 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 showed them what I could do. You know, took advantage of everything um, that I got, and I ended up getting sent home after training camp and. They had an injury in the receiver room, and, you know, they gave me a shout back a few weeks later, and I was in Denver since. Good. Good. Now, was it your first playing time, or did you play before that when they had a few injuries at quarterback, and then you went in and played some quarterback? Was that your first playing time of the year, or was that uh, had you played before that? No, not that. So, yeah, that was the first game I ever played. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about that because that's different. Not too many times you see a wide receiver <laughs> coming in and play. Especially right, a right. rookie wide receiver. Exactly. Yeah, so it was um, – so, mind you, I haven't played quarterback for about the past three years, um, you know, two to three years. And, right. yeah, so we had this week where uh, – you know, hey, hey but hold it. Tim, before before Kendall tells this part of the story, let me let me tell you something real quick, Coach. Uh, let me say something, mm-hmm. and then because so, this is this is really going to be interesting with this story. But tell y'all, Kendall is a bunch of calls that came to me when Kendall went from quarterback to wide receiver in college. A lot of people wanted him to come and play quarterback for them. And Kendall, I got in contact with his dad and said, hey, this team wants him, that team wants him to come play quarterback. And 
his dad called me back and said, hey, Coach Kendall said, you know, he's kind of dumb with quarterback right now, and he wants to concentrate on the wide receiver. Go ahead with the story, Kendall. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead with the story, Kendall. I want everybody yeah, to know yeah, your, your background on that part. Right, right, right. So, yeah, um, yeah, so receiver, I was, you know, I was, receiver was, was what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I was focused on, and, yeah, so they give me a call, like, um, you know, hey, we're going to need you to play quarterback. Our quarterbacks were all uh, suspended, you know, because of these regulations. Uh, so, hey, and, and guys were joking about it throughout the week. Nobody thought it was serious. We all thought it was going to get canceled, you know, like the other games. Um but they ended up, you know, just all this COVID stuff going on. They ended up, you know, putting a kind of a penalty on us and and, make, and forcing us to play the game. And you know, so I I got the call and they said, "Hey, we're, you're our last resort," and pretty much just thrown in the fire. How was that? Tell us about that experience. Jeez. Yeah. So I mean, it, it was pretty unreal to be to be honest for the. For the first, I mean, I found out about five o'clock Saturday night, and um, yeah, it 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 wasn't real until about Sunday morning uh, when I woke up the next day. You know, like wow, I really, you know, I get to go play an NFL game today. Um, but you know, the the locker room, the guys in the locker room, it was, it was an amazing experience. Uh, you know, being being around that energy. You know, we we knew what we were going into, so it's not like anybody was, you know, stressing or nothing like that. We we all wanted to go in and and, and do the best we could and win the game, but you know, it was a it was a tough predicament. So, um, you know, it was great energy in the locker room. It, it was went out there and got to play football for the first time, and I think you know, a year and a half or, or so. So, um, you know, it's definitely not the outcome you know anyone wished for, but you know, getting to, to to live out that dream and and just experience, you know, and, and, and see what that that point of view is from an NFL quarterback is not many people can say, you know. Yep, that's true. That's very true. Very true. Hey, Kendall, t- t- tell everybody the statement you made. I don't know if you remember making this statement because it was in the heat of the moment. It was something about – you know, you sometimes you live the dream, but usually the dream doesn't really come true. Something like that. Say that right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like it's um, you know, you always put this this goal, this idea, you you put it in front of you and say, hey, this, you know, this is exactly how it's gonna go. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that, and it's gonna lead me here. Um, and and a lot of times, you know, you you manifest these dreams and and these goals, and you know, you end up reaching them. And you don't even realize because it didn't work out the way you you wanted it to, and you know you you think it it didn't work out, and you know just because you're looking at it all the wrong way, so it's you know it it, it never works out how you want it to. It's just um yeah, it's but it but it does happen, you know, if you you keep you keep striving and you keep chasing those dreams. But now, let me tell you how I felt about it when they said Kendall was going to start, Coach. Let me tell you how Coach Creasy, the guy that is his offensive coordinator, that really thinks he's the greatest dude. I call him Special K, right? 
And I said, uh, Kendall's going to go in there, and he's going to throw, throw for 350 yards, and three touchdowns going to run for 200, and three more touchdowns. <laughs> that was my thought in my head, you know, right. so I understand exactly what he's saying because that's the, the type feelings that I that and the type player that that I remember, the guy that I remember. Oh, yeah, I had the same but, idea. I had the same exact idea. Yeah, yeah. but, but uh, uh, his former Southern Durham player, Tony Creasy, said, he said, Dad, this is the NFL. Them dudes is not gonna let him go out there and show them up. Right. Right. <laughs> right. It's a, yeah, it's a totally different ball game, man. And yeah, you got to be prepared for that for sure. Uh, Especially with yeah, no yeah. practice. <laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah. And it's like we had no game yeah. plan. We had you know no plays for me. It was just we took what we had and we canceled you know most of it out. We had about ten plays, and we were just going to, you know, do the best we could. Now you said you found out on Saturday, so that means y'all didn't you didn't practice a quarterback all week. It was just Saturday. No, I, I, I didn't have a no, I didn't have a day of practice. I had we had a thirty minute walkthrough that night. Um, yeah, and it was game time the next day. That's crazy, the coach. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hadn't taken it three years, and all of a sudden you get a call. He's on, and you were you on the practice squad, or were you active up to that point? Right, right. I'm on, yeah, I'm on the practice squad. So I'm actually on the way to pick up my girlfriend from the airport. Um, she's coming in. You know, I'm thinking we're gonna hang out for the weekend. You know, I'm chilling watching the game Sunday, and you know, I get that call like, "Hey, we need you back at the facility in an hour to come learn these plays." Hey, so that, that's what you call a professional. To be able to <laughs> wake up on Saturday but, but, saying, hey, sit back and watch the game. I, my work is done. I helped you guys prepare. Right, right. My week is done. All of a sudden, getting that call that, hey, you got to come play quarterback. Huh? What do you mean? <laughs> on one hand. Yes. Yes, and that's why I told you the first part of the story. That's why I wanted to say the first part of the story. He he'd already said he already resigned himself to the fact I'm not going to be a quarterback anymore. I'm going to play wide receiver. He'd already resigned himself that that's what he's going to do with the rest of his career. And I was like, God bless you, son. You go do what you do. And then they put him in there, and he that's an ultimate professional to say, okay, coach, I'll do it. That's an ultimate professional. No, it's all about team, baby. Team before self. Sure. Team before self. Sure. And, uh, so, yeah. so what kind of numbers did you have? Say that one more time. What kind of numbers did you have in the game? Oh, yeah, I ended up That's finishing. Four. I think I completed one. I was like one for nine. Yep. Mm, yep. Uh, it was like uh, five yards rushing. It, it, it was nothing, nothing impressive. It was, it was a horrible game. Uh, but uh you know, we had all we had, you know, was a few a few verticals. Um I think we we ran one slant flat concept and you know, everything else was pretty much just handoff, so it wasn't much in the arsenal. Yeah, so they they worded it down a little bit for you. Let's go let's go let's go for the verts. We're gonna go to slants, we're gonna get some, some hitches in there, the quick game. 
We got some quick game for you. We got verts for you. We, we're not going to put too much stress as far as you having to read the coverage and all that. I was watching TV going, what's the read stuff? Come on, give me some read stuff. Let him put them legs in the go. In, in the yeah, world. for real. <laughs> uh, <RPO. laughs> Those are RPOs. I mean, I, I was, I, I was into the game. I, I, you, would, you would think I was at the game, Coach. You would think I was at the game. I was like, what? Come on, Coach. Come on, old C. Get, give me some lead. You know, he can do it. I know. I know. Let me tell you how special this guy is. We're playing the state championship game, Coach. We play a state championship game. We're down 38 to 10 or something stupid score like that, some unbelievable yeah. score. And, 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 I mean, it was like, okay, oh, God, we're going to get blown out in the dang on game. This guy <laughs> smiled the whole time, just smiling. And I said, okay, all right, Kendall, we want to play at a time. We'll get back in it. And all of a sudden, we get to the last set of the game. We're down five points. And we had this play we called Clemson, and, and Kendall had not thrown it to the guy that I thought he throwed it to all – should have thrown it to all night. Right. And so so we called the play, and the last set of the game, Kendall steps up in the pocket, eludes the great rusher, and throws it right on the money. And uh, so the kid catches the ball, and another great kid makes the block, and the kid runs into the end zone, we win the ball game. And the whole time, this guy just smiled the whole time. The whole game, he's smiling. Like, this is nothing, Confidence. I got this. Don't worry about it. Confidence. Yeah. Confidence. Now, hey, speaking of that makes me think of what I consider the greatest comeback in NCAA history. Okay? And, and okay. that's my, when I was in state. So this is 2011. Um, NC State is playing Maryland. The first oh, half, yeah, I remember that. If, it could, if it could go wrong, it did. The yes, score, right. right? The score with seven minutes to go in the third quarter. So there's 22 minutes left in the game. The score is 41 right. to 14. Yes, it was. 41 to 14 with 22 minutes left 14. in the game. By the end of the game. NC State wins fifty six to forty one. Jeez. Yeah. Forty two yeah. unanswered points in the last twenty two minutes of the game. Yeah. I've been yeah. man. I remember that game. In the same sense. Yeah. I remember that game. T C caught three touchdowns in that game. From Mike. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that, that game. I remember that game. I remember yeah. that game. But Kendall went to one of those in, in college. You went Did to he? one of those games in college. When he was yeah, down real big, it was from way far yeah. down real big. Yeah. He caught, what, what did you catch about? Five passes for 100 and some yards, Kendall? Oh, yeah, we had a few, we had like a that. few comebacks, crazy comebacks, yeah. Uh, I remember, that, I remember I those like those days when, oh. hey, Coach, this was this, this is something. I, I'm gonna give you a little history on Kendall that nobody even knows. Kendall don't even know I know this. Kendall was, was a, Kendall's mama is from a small town called Tarver, Tarver, North Carolina. Right. And if Kendall, if Kendall's mama had a state at Tarver, this this is some of the talent that comes out of that came out of that little small 
1A school, uh, sometimes played yeah. with Sean Drawn, um, to Toby Cofield, Todd Gurley, Taquan Lewis. Yeah. It was yeah. that. Yeah. Can you imagine I, I, Kendall would have been down there? That that little small yeah. town produces a whole lot of football players. They had a whole lot of, you know, guys down there. And his mama stayed down there. Kendall would have been from down there. We wouldn't have had him. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Kendall, was Kevin Higgins your position coach? Yeah, yeah. He was our receiver coach. My, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I worked for him when I was at uh, – I, I love Coach Higgins. Higgins. Yeah, he was our, he was our uh, head coach when I was uh, coaching at the Citadel. Yep, 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 yep. I had a chance to coach with him. How was he as a head man? Oh, I was good, good. You know, uh, yeah. He's that uh, no nonsense type of guy. Let's go. Let's get it rolling. Sure. Let's get it rolling. No, I, yeah, I love it. Him. Was, I love him. It was good. The um, sure. now your time with Force. How 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 some kids and I could see some kids saying, "Hey, I've had some success at quarterback. Uh, I don't want to move." You know what was your mentality in saying, "Okay." Hey, I got no issue with moving from quarterback to receiver. Yeah, well, it was, um, you know, I, I think anybody who responds like that, uh, I, and it's definitely situational, um, but you you got to swallow your pride. I mean, in my situation, I, I, you know, like I said, I had got suspended my junior year. Um, you know, so I was going to miss the first four games of the season, and, you know, we had to prepare somebody for, you know, for those games. And my job's coming back from an injury um, this past year. And so I'm coming to tr- training camp, and I'm rusty. I'm not looking. I'm not looking great, you know. Um, and, you know, on top of me not being the – looking like the guy, I was going to be missing the four, those four games. And and so, you know, we had younger guys who, who were who were doing, doing well, um, and so we had some injuries at receiver, I believe, and you know they're like, "Hey, Kendall, you know we here we 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 can try you at receiver. Um, you know we think we, you can do it, and um, you know let's give it a shot, or you can go back to quarterback and let it play out how it is." So, um, right, right. You know, I gave I gave receiver a shot, and um, I it, it's funny, you know, every quarterback coming up, they always want to play receiver. Um, like, you know, every receiver wants to play quarterback. Um, you know, so when I got the opportunity to get out there, it was, you know, it was just like backyard football, um, and it kind of came naturally. And um, Let me second you know, that, Coach. Let me let me second that because I did practice, and I was flexing quarterback in. Guess who's going out there to play wide receiver scaring me to death? Kendall Henry. The starting quarterback is <laughs> out there running real. In high school football, the star is, the star guy is out there playing daggone wide receiver. He ain't lying. Right. Right. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. yeah. Receiver, you have to ball that receiver. Now, Kendall, let me ask you this. Um, if you have time, we're going to go to a quick break. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl 
if you have some time, we can bring you back after the break and you can join that conversation. You want to do that or you have to get out of here? I don't, I don't really got much on the Super Bowl. Okay. All right. All right. So just, who you y'all pulling for? Y'all talking ball in general? Yeah. Yeah, I can stay up for a little In other words, he asking you, would you come and hang out with us a little longer? <laughs> yeah, I stay up for a little bit. All right, well, we're going to go to a quick break, um, and we'll be back in a few. Hold up. If this world were mine, all cows would be 27 feet long. With a diamond in the back. Sunroom Foundation Sports Show. I'm back. I got my co-host uh, Tony Creasy with me, and then uh, Kendall has decided to come back for a few minutes as well. Um, and of course, uh, I think Coach Creasy. A lot of people don't, don't know about that old good music that was playing right there, but that's some good music. Oh that's yeah, good music. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. But before, yeah. before we get up to the Super Bowl, you all started talking about. 
some event that happened against Orange High School. What was that? What's that story? Well, I had uh, went down to uh, Gus, Gus Malzahn just got hired on down at, down at uh, Auburn. He may have been there a couple of years. And I had went down there to understand this play that he called uh, Invert, the read Invert, which is opposite of, of, of the zone read that everybody else was doing at the time. And right. I wanted it because I thought this would be the perfect play for Kendall Hinton. And I went down there to see exactly how they ran it because they were doing it with Cam Newton, and I wanted to see how this thing worked. And uh, we got into a ball game against Orange. And Orange High School at that time had a bunch of kids playing. Uh, uh, had probably had best one of the best defensive players around. And uh, I said, the 14, 15 inverts, what we called it. And I said, uh, and I said, Kendall. The game, they're in there. I mean, they're fighting us like dogs. They're going at it, and this is it's a tough football game. And we're in it, and, and they've done everything they can, and I called the play. And it was a 60-yard. Hey, Kendall hey, described the play. It was a 60-yard touchdown, and good God almighty. He went up and <laughs> describe that one, Kendall. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's we're, – we're, where was that? That was at that was, was that, that was down at our home. That was down at our home. You probably that talked. At, at, yeah, that at, was down at our home going 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 toward the concession stand. Going there. He see he don't score so many touchdowns, coach. He don't remember. Because we got one more <laughs> that we're gonna talk about. That, Man, that was the most we that was more than we don't score on fifteen but I can't tell you how many times. <laughs> but against Orange was the reason why this play was so special because they had a kid named named um, uh, uh, Peyton Wilson, and Peyton Wilson was yeah, Wilson high, the most highly recruited linebacker uh, in the area at the time. You know, his brother plays at State now. Peyton went on the side to play um, baseball, so he's a big time yeah, baseball player. Yeah. And, and and Kendall takes the ball. We run an invert. And this guy comes into the hole, and I'm thinking, oh, God, that's, you know, we, we as coaches, we always thinking, yeah, 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 I'm going to call this play and it's going to work. And actually, on that day, it was a bad play call. For some reason, they had to figure it out or whatever, because he just said it a minute ago, right? I'm scoring about 100 times on that play, coach. <laughs> but this guy had Kendall in the hole, did the right. I mean, I'm like, oh, God, I done screwed this one up. <laughs> Kendall somehow, some way, gives this guy his leg, takes it away, and goes 60 yards for a touchdown. We win the ball. And that, right. and, but that wasn't the most amazing thing. We're, we're playing Cardinal Gibbons High School. And we're in the middle. They, they scored in his regional championship game. And Kendall is pressured. Coach, he drops the football. I'm thinking, oh, God, we're going to lose again. He drops the football. <laughs> you remember, Kendall? He drops yeah. it. <laughs> Everything goes, to, oh, God, the game's over. Picks up the football, steps in there, throws a bullet dart into the end zone, touchdown, we win the ball. Nice. That's the type guy nice. this guy is. Nice. Well, you remember well, that, Kendall? Definitely has some, some, some good experience. All right. 
you can do all the X's and O's that you want to, but a wise man once told me, it's not about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmys and Joes. The players. Jimmys and the Joes. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It ain't the plays. It's the players. That's what I, that's what I OC tell us. It ain't the plays. It's the players, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 Come up with these great schemes. Hey, Miss. They got a coach on their side, too. So sooner or later, <laughs> somebody, somebody's player got to make a play. Yeah, somebody, somebody got to be a be a play. Right. And that's about and, why. And 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 amen to that. Amen, big time to that. Because I, you know, we 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 talk a million times about you know we're gonna run this play, run that play, and uh, I told. Uh, uh, they ask me all the time. He said, "They say, Coach, what's the best play that you can run now in your spread offense?" And I said, "The hit." And they all look at me. And Kendall knows this. If you can't throw a hit, you can't run a spread. <laughs> and that should be the easiest throw in football to make. But yeah. for some yeah. reason, for some reason, kids can't throw a hit. I don't know why, but. That guy yep. we're talking to now, Kendall Hidden, do it all. Don't 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 let Creasy fool you know. It, I had plenty of weapons, you know, around me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, plenty, plenty of weapons. Yeah, so made a lot. If you don't have nobody to throw the ball to, and I've seen great quarterbacks that had nobody to throw the ball to, so. And I've seen great receivers that had nobody that can get them the ball. So it's kind of like, hey, right. make me right. play. You got to have it. You got to have it. All. Hey, you, need you need them both. Yeah, you need them both. Sure. Hey, but, but when we first started this conversation, I told him about when before you came on, you probably wanted Kendall and that group that we had. Because we've always had a bunch of athletes at Southern. We've always had. We've been blessed. To have a bunch of them, but the thing that Kendall and them had, they were the smartest group that ever came through. Yeah, I think that's what it that's was, it. really. Yeah, it was like it, it was really like a brotherhood, you know. Yep. And and, it, and see that's and it was. that's the because one of the things and if guys that have uh, I've recruited heard me say this, um, that one day. It's going to be one man's decision whether you ever play this game again. But once you get your education, nobody can ever take that away from you. And that's something no that you got on the No question. You get the education. They can't take it. It's yours. And now you get an opportunity yeah. to, to, to help provide for your family, which is why you want to get an education in the first place. So, shift the gears a little bit. Talking about players making plays. Um, now, truly, I'm going to put it out there. I said it, and I and I believed it that Green Bay was going to beat Tampa Bay because I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to get it done. Now, I did not know that that uh, Tampa Bay's defensive line was going to get after them like that. So the question is, can that defensive line? Get after Mahomes like they did Rogers. What do you all think? 
Now, I, I told I told him my my uh, my thoughts on it, Kendall. What's your thoughts? On it? Yeah, I ain't I ain't a betting man, but if I if I had to put my money down, I, I gotta give it to Tampa. Um, I'm just saying from a defensive standpoint, not only the D line, but they got a solid secondary too. Right. Now, right now, I'm gonna give you from an offensive perspective to me um, the difference between. Kansas City and Green Bay. Adams is an unbelievable receiver. But one of the things that they have over at Green Bay, all the receivers are longer. They're mostly outside. Adams is one that can be inside. Now, if you look right. at Kansas City, Kansas City, all their receivers can be inside guys. Now, they're outside guys because of their speed, but they can be inside guys. So if you look at just just think of the last play of the game, they triple team Adams. Who are you gonna triple team on Kansas City? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they got weapons for days, no question. If you triple team if you triple if you double team somebody, you're leaving somebody else open. Yeah. They got exactly, weapons. exactly. You can't even put your safety, you know, too far over. Yeah. No. Cause now, you know, I mean, now. Now let me let, let me let me take it back on what you're saying, Coach. That is the okay. thing that I watched. Uh, number ninety-five and fifty-seven get the pressure from Kansas City, but what I did was watch the back end. I watched the back end, and I saw those everybody locked up, and nobody could get open from from Buffalo, a good football team. Now I fast forward to watching Tampa Bay. And watching Green Bay and uh, and Green and Tampa Bay was running the same type scenario, but the the one or uh, two times they couldn't get pressure, those drive receivers came open. Oh, yeah. And I said oh, to yeah. myself, "Wait a minute, Kansas City can lock down Tampa, but Tampa can't lock down Kansas City." Well, here's a statement I made. And we'll see if, if they if they were going to do it. You know, you play the game because you got to play the game. Who knows what happens once the game starts? But right. I believe Kansas has so many offensive weapons that who do you stop? What do you do? You can't. Well, first of all, if if you leave everybody back, they got a good enough running game to hurt you with the run. If you go on to step up, they're fast enough to run right by you. I mean, Tyreek Hill, I mean, he's, he's a different so dude. Explosive. I think, I think Tampa Bay defense, Tampa Bay defense is going to be one of the best de- secondaries they've seen, though. The, uh, ah, I, 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 you know, I, I just like that Kansas City secondary. So you're going through, let's not forget, Aaron Rodgers threw for 350 and didn't get it yeah. and got hit. Ten eleven times. Right, he got right, hit ten eleven right, times. Right. Threw another five away and still threw for three fifty. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean I am with you, coach. I am I'm, I'm 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 with you. That's why I say I, I love Kansas City secondary. Their back end, their right. their their back end is just so freaking I mean it, that's, that's, they got some freaks in that secondary. I, I I've never seen secondary where they got so many cover guys. 
they're, they're unreal. It's unreal. I was watching them going, wow, they they just locking them down. What the heck? Yep. And Buffalo ain't no slouches. They ain't no slouch. Yep. They wasn't no slouch team. And that quarterback, he ain't no sticking. He ain't no sticking the mud. He was moving. He could get yep. out of the way, but he, oof. They put pressure on him with that front, that front four, and they locked everything down. That's a that that is what I call uh, um, uh, that that on time defense. That 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 right there is hard to deal with. Hard to deal with. Think about this: if if Tampa Bay doesn't score that touchdown with six seconds left, how is the second half different? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I'm with you because my my thing is 95 and 57. Is, if 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 Brady's gonna stand in the pocket, it, it's gonna be a long night. And Mahomes, yeah, yeah. he just his escapability is woof, yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah. So so I think another but thing I, that I, that's I, gonna be a 100 percent healthy uh, Mahomes. Ah, is is well, I guess oh I, wait 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 Kendall you got some, you got some information we don't know about. Yeah, <laughs> he, had, he, had the, he had a foot issue a while back. I know he had the the concussion that he getting getting still getting over. I'm well, sure. that, yeah. now, that was that was concussion was a month ago now. That wasn't a month ago, yeah. Coach. That was two weeks. Man, they, man. It feels like a month ago. You know that. You got to remember now. That man was two weeks ago. Come on. He probably, yeah. Last year. They just make that concussion go away. Huh? They didn't just make that concussion go away. I got to agree with Kendall on that one, Coach. Coach, it wasn't no month ago. It was two weeks ago. <laughs> well, so it should to be three. Game was two weeks ago. The championship game was two weeks ago, and that was before that. Yeah, yeah three weeks ago. Because, I guess, right, I guess it was about three weeks. I, I, I guess it is coming on to be about a month. Yeah, yeah, good point. Touche. Yeah. Touche. Yeah. Uh, but he played well last week. Yeah, he so, played well. He played well two weeks ago or a week ago. He played well a week ago, so I I I think he's gonna be. I think he's I think he's fine. I don't think they're gonna speed option no more for a while. <laughs> I don't think they put that. I think they took that one out the playbook for a minute. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna they're gonna get as much pressure on him as they can. Oh, they, well, they it's gonna be to. tough though. That dude, that dude. Somebody, somebody gave me the greatest example you ever. You cannot, of, let, uh, you cannot let Mahomes sit back there and scramble around. That and that's how he wins games. Is he scrambles around and extends plays? You got to get pressure on him. But yep, somebody no said, no, somebody no, said no. the greatest example of Mahomes is having Barry Sanders that can quarterback. You can't touch it. You, if you can't tackle him, yeah, I, if you can't touch him, I don't know if I'd take it that far, but, but no, nah, yeah, he's, he's yeah. definitely elusive. <laughs> yeah, uh, now Barry Sanders to me, Barry Sanders to me is, is, is the greatest running back of all time. Of all time. Uh, I'm with you on that. Of all time. Of all time. You say, no, nah, who's better than I asked him. 
I asked somebody, can you name one Pro Bowl lineman that the Detroit Lions had? One Hall of Fame oh, lineman. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> I, I, from, the, from the Barry Sanders if, era. What? What? If you put Barry Sanders and put him behind that Dallas Cowboy line, he might have rushed the twenty five hundred. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we can't oh, we yeah. can't go off for of hypotheticals here now. I'm not even talking about hypotheticals. But let's remember, Barry Sanders stepped. Stop playing so he didn't break Walter Payton's record. He had opportunity yeah, to break Walter Payton. It's not like he it's not like he walked away because he was hurt or he was old. Right, he walked right. away at the height of his career. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. And yeah, that's definitely that's the truth. Yeah. That's the yeah, truth. I didn't know that. Very, yeah, he's so, a different and, dude. And, <laughs> yeah. Now Emmett Smith played, you know, till he couldn't play anymore. And that's right, right. Yeah, Walter's yeah, record. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Barry, Barry walked away at the top. I mean, Jim Brown walked away at the top. Yeah, yeah. And so, but, hey, Barry's that dude. Well, it's a few, Barry is that. It's, it's a few. It's, it's a few, few people that doesn't let, um, and that, and this is the hardest thing in the world to do, it, 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 to not let football define you. That, that's, right. a tough, that's a tough thing to do. And like you said, sure. Sure. football doesn't define me. It doesn't make me who I am. You know that's that's right. that that's that's tough to do. That Jim Brown football doesn't define me. You know, yeah. um, so that, the people that can do that are truly the greatest. That's part of that mental wellness piece that we we try to hit on at times as well because it's. Unfortunately, and, and we did have a group on, you know, uh, probably about two years ago that I was talking about that, that most athletes identify themselves as athlete first versus exactly. themselves. So it's, it's exactly. like to say, for instance, I'm, I'm Everett Sands, a football player, instead of I'm Everett Sands that plays football. Two totally different things. Exactly, yeah. Oh, great friend. Great phrase. Coach Sands, say that again. That's a great phrase. Say that again. Uh, Everett Sands that plays football instead of um, Everett Sands. Oh, excuse me. Everett Sands, a football player, instead of um, Everett Sands that plays football. So, ah, that's a great phrase. Wow. And the thing is, the tough thing is, when it's taken away from you, I'm Everett Sands, a football player. The football player is gone. So who am I? What am I supposed to do now? All right. Yeah, and that's something yeah, exactly. I'm going to after, after the game. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's, 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 the thing. that's the thing I had to help my own son with. I had to, I had to help right. him with that. You know, he was no, depressed. It was tough. Yeah. It, it, was, t- it, was, it was tough on him. It was tough on him. Yeah, I was, you know, I was depressed yeah, for a whole month, for sure. We had Coach Pop on earlier, and like I said, he was the general manager. He was also the Grim Reaper. He's the guy that came mm-hmm. by and said, hey, come here. The head coach want to see you. Right. Get your playbook. Right. I'm the one that everybody called. 
Yeah. So mm-hmm. he got me. He got me after the very last meeting. They let us go to, we went to practice. Then they let us go to meeting. So at the meeting, we're like, dude, we made it. We good. Nah. We came right. out the last meeting. Never. Get to play with Coach <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. So it's all Coach says, PC said, oh, my God. He was at the last meeting, too, right? And he was calling me, and we were on the phone. I said, dude, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. We hung up. He said, soon we hung up. He called me back later on. Hey, they they came and got me. They tapped me on the shoulder. Uh, Coach wants to see you. Oh, yeah. That's a bad feeling. That's a bad feeling. Yeah, that's a and horrible. That, and, and and again, that is something to come to grips with, because there's right. like, you so long have to identify yourself as an athlete that now all of a sudden that it's gone. So what am I going to do now? And that's a big part of why I wanted to come up with this foundation, because um, I want kids to understand that hey, success can be yours if you make it or if you don't make it you still have an opportunity to be successful. And part of that is making sure you don't identify yourself as solely as an athlete. I am yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. that... Sports is so, yeah. such a small part of your life. Yeah, it's so much more life yeah. after, um, you know, after yeah. any athletics, yeah. Yep, no doubt yeah. about it. And that, that's, that's huge. Yeah. That, that's, but that statement says it all. Like that. I'm every saying I played football. You know that 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 statement says it all. You know that that that's 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 you know you know that that is that is deep because you're right. Those every every guy that's played at that level, they always define themselves as a football player. Not I'm the person first, and I just happen to play football. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's the thing about it. So, hey, man, mm-hmm. I appreciate you all. It was great having you on. And uh, Coach Creasy, we definitely got to get you back again sometime. Uh, Kendall, good luck anything with you in your you. career. No, I appreciate anything it. for you. Anything. Anything. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And, and as always, I never thought of our title sponsor is Nano Air um, Solutions. Uh, you can find their website at nanoair.us. Again, that's N-A-N-O-A-I-R.us. And they sell uh, air filters, submerged 13 air filters that will actually capture the coronavirus and bacteria-sized particles. And then they also have mass and mass filters um, that does a great job of capturing uh, particles as well to keep you safe. Outside your homes, so definitely check that website out again. Nanoair.us. Um, again, appreciate it. Super Bowl week. Super Bowl week. Um, I'm sure they're not going to be at a Super Bowl party because we all seem to be there. But it's going to be a great game. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, just just let the record shows. I. I got I got my money because I'm not literally betting, but I do have my vote going towards Kansas City. I think they're going to be able to pull this out. 
As a matter of fact, just to be I honest, second it. with you two, I think Kansas City is the Alabama NFL right now. That's what I believe. They got so much talent is compared to everybody else. Um, but but we'll see. So coach Coach Creasy, before we close, who do you have? Yes, sir. Sir, Kansas City. Kansas City. And then Kendall, you saying? Uh, Tampa yes, Bay? sir. I'm with you with Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, I got to go all with the way. Bay. All right, so we got Kendall going to Tampa Bay. And we got we got one with Tampa Bay. So you got the two old head coaches, and then the current NFL players in Tampa Bay. So the young guy. Right next to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the special case. <laughs> hey, we appreciate you. Have a great night, and uh, and we will talk to you all soon. Yo, all right, I appreciate father, it. You about to get dealt with. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.